Some may find the following disturbing. Discretion is advised. What's up and welcome back to Bar Down Talking Hockey episode number 55 presented by the Barroom Network. My name is Vinny Parisi and I'm super excited about the final few weeks of the NHL season. And this right here, this is Frankie Mueller and he's got the coolest glasses I've ever seen in the history of the world. And this right here, this is Joey Parisi and you guys might not even recognize his dumb face without a hat on. Joseph, explain yourself. I just got out of the shower and, uh, you know, just figured... Uh... Wasn't going to go grab a hat. I could have went upstairs and grabbed a hat, but I mean, it's it's very rare that I go no hat. I think I only did it like once when I had long hair. So you get to see more yeah. of my face. We're hat guys on this podcast. We like hats. Uh, I'm fairly certain you'll wear a hat at some point during this show. Am I correct in assuming that? Of course. Yes, you are correct. Yeah. It's yes, not necessarily okay. an assumption anymore because I've been slacking a lot these past few weeks. But yeah, we'll see. A hat what later. is your all time favorite hat? Frank, I'll start with you that you have. Not that you've seen that you have. You might not have your all-time favorite hat. Um. Wow, I thought he would know it right <laughs> off the bat. Yeah, no. he's, uh, the only reason I asked that was because be this one, the 2013 Stanley Cup championship hat. I like that answer. I really like that answer. Actually. It might be this one. I thought he was going to say the 16 Cubs hat because he wore that hat a lot. He and wore that hat a lot. The Hawks are his favorite the team. World though, Series. That's what I'm saying. The 16 Cubs. The 16 Cubs. Well, I have two 16 Cubs. I'm talking. Yeah, the one I'm the one I picture you wearing one. is the all gray one. The yeah, that's gray. not the one I'm talking about. Oh, wait. oh no. The all gray. The light. The all gray, gray is the one that the players light. wore when they won the World Series. Oh, he's got it. Oh, here you he go. Grab it. He's got the all gray one. I know the Blackhawks. Yep, that no. one. That's not this the official the one. Chance. I know this is what Joey was talking about. Okay. Oh, yeah. That's the one this I pictured. Oh, yeah. That's okay. Yeah. I'm talking. They're both yeah, that, one's, that one's whack. I like the, I like the, the league champ one. You, you think the one that signifies them breaking a 100-year World Series drought is uh, dry? I'm not saying the one that – just because it means more, yeah. I think the style of the other hat's better. I, I, I put meaning behind hats, too. Um, it's a tough no conversation. I don't know. Well, I have a lot the, of hats I like. Your favorite team's the Hawks, and that is the greatest Blackhawks team of all time, in my opinion. 2013, I think they would have smoked the 2010 team and the 2015 team in the playoff series. Joe, what's your Scott. favorite hat? Well, Scott's that's a steal of a hat, and I, I'm the same way. Like, whenever I go to like TJ Maxx or Ross, I always go look at the hats, you never know what gems you'll find at your local stores like that uh, in terms of the hat game. Like, I just found that Philadelphia Flyer Stadium Series hat. That was, like, 10 bucks, and it's a sick hat. Um, my favorite hats go kind of recent, like recency bias. I have a bad recency bias with hat. It always seems to be the newest hat that I buy. It's just a fresh hat. 
Um, right now, I just got two brand new White Sox hats that I'm in love with. They're going to see me rocking those like all summer long. I got the batting practice and the uh, and the uh, what the batting wow. practice and the clubhouse hat. So you'll see me rocking those all summer long. So it, it might be one of those two right now. But I do have a favorite Bruins hat that just fits perfect. It looks clean. It's uh, it's the old. It's not the old B, but it's like their alternate logo B. So there's no spokes on it. And you've seen me wear it a million times. It's a black hat with a yellow bill. It's one of my favorite. It fits perfectly. So that's probably my favorite Bruins hat I got. Yeah. And you guys are probably like me outside of this show where we just sit here and have no real risk of ruining the hat while we're recording. I have hats that are I like psycho wearing a lot. Like right now, this is my socks crawl hat. I got this at the White Sox bar crawl last summer. Um, you know, that's in my rotation right now. My Atlanta Braves hat. There are a bunch of hats that I wear in current rotation right now. But I think my all-time favorite hat that I own is the Devils draft hat from 2017. We were there. They took Nico Heashier with their first overall pick. I'm wearing Heashier's jersey right now, oddly enough. And I bought this before he ever played an NHL game. That's how confident I was that he would be a stud. Now he's their captain. He has more points per game than Kucherov since the All-Star break and less minutes played. Like, he's an elite player now. So, you know, that hat is very rewarding to me. Uh, that's one of my greatest sports memories ever was going to that draft. I can't wait till the next time I go to the draft of any league because drafts are just so sweet. So that's my all-time favorite hat. But I hardly wear it because I don't want it to get ruined. Yeah, that's another thing. I wear hats based off of what I'm doing. Like, I have a hat just for fishing. I have a hat that I just play tennis in, Frank, with you. Mm-hmm. Um, if I am if I know I'm doing something that I'm going to get a little sweat on, I'm not wearing – I'm wearing a specific hat for that. But if I'm just going out, then we'll cycle in through some I've hats. I've actually uh, contemplated buying two hats every time I get a certain hat. So one I can wear out and one I can just keep nice. Oh, I already planned, like, um, if, if, if the Bruins ever – if the Bruins ever win the cup, I think I honestly might buy three. One to like just wear the fuck out of and just totally destroy. One to wear like casually out and like not, don't care if it gets dirty. And one to like never wear. Like that, I, I know that sounds crazy, but that's probably what I would do if the boss, if the Bruins won the Stanley Cup. <laughs> I would do the same if the Devils won the cup or if the White Sox won the World Series. There's zero doubt in my mind. Uh, league champion hats. It depends. I think I, I, I think I would buy I only got two. One. I think I would buy two league champion hats, just because you don't know if they're going to win the next round. Being the league champion is significant. Like you're going to tell the Houston Astros that they didn't enjoy last season. Of course they did. You know, same thing with Montreal. So yeah, Scox situational hats. That's what we do here on this show. Really quick before we segue off of hats. We did last season, Joe, at Guaranteed Rate Field. I believe we had our cousin Anthony with us. Shout out, Anthony. Um, We had like a conversation, you know, one of those just like fun little debates that we do. Do more people attend a ball game wearing a hat or not wearing a hat? And of course, the immediate reaction was like, well, of course, more people are wearing a hat to a ball game. And then you start to look around a little bit, Mm -hmm. start to do some people watching. And I think it is unequivocally a fact that more people don't wear a hat at a ball game than do. Joe, do you agree with my assessment? I I want to say no, but I do remember like when we had this conversation, like looking around, okay, there's a lot of people not wearing a hat. But Two people out I, of every group of 10. But also like, I would love to just re, you know, rehash that and get a bigger yeah. sample size. Cause maybe, maybe it was just a bad day. <laughs> Man, you're right. You're right. Now games I, where they give out a hat don't count like this game. Everyone had this socks crawl hat around their head. Yeah. The ladies figured out a way to put their bun through the back of it. The dudes all threw it on. 
you know, everyone was wearing the hat. But a game with no hat giveaway, I think there's more people not wearing a hat because being a hat guy or a hat girl is more rare or rarer than being a non-hat person. Yeah. It also, yeah. Are you saying just for baseball games or any sports in general? You, you'll Frank, see more. I think you'll see way more like at a at a baseball game than you will like a Hawks game. Yeah, for sure. Frank, have you ever thought about this? I guess I really never thought about it. It would make sense if more people were wearing hats, but yeah. not a lot of people are hat guys either or hat gals. Some or... people hate it. Some people yeah, hate you'd hats. be surprised at the amount of people who like despise hats. There, I know people who love sports, like love sports. Are we talking about hats. any types of hats or like baseball hats? Any type of hat. We any we looked hat. around guaranteed go... great field. No, I'm... but I'm saying for like any sports, like any type of hat. Yeah. yeah, like you go to the Kentucky Derby, everybody's wearing a hat because they got. Yeah, it's like, like a thing. thing though. It's like a thing, That's like yeah. a thing though. Like you wear the fancy hats to the Kentucky Derby. Um, Skyler brought up sun. I've never in my life used a hat for sun purposes ever. I do when I'm driving. Really? Yeah, I, I've you're... never noticed it helping me. Because sometimes, like the sun, if the sun is like in an awkward spot where like even that thing doesn't help, like there's just times yeah. where. I... Yeah, there's just times where you just pull, where you pull the hat down to where you could just see the the road and yeah, works. Uh, I can't say I've give ever it a like, try. done that. I'm give gonna it. give it a try. I'm, I like my hats backwards and forwards, so you know I do it both ways. So it's I I, I like hats though. I have a crap ton of hats, and it's only getting worse as I get older. Uh, Joe and Frank, I know you're the same way. So I have a lot of hats that not a lot of people have seen. I believe I just, it. I just keep shelled away. Gonna break them out one day. Like I have a Nashville Blackhawks hat back from like 2013 that I'm sure none of you guys were even aware that I had. It's um, a Nashville Blackhawks hat. Yeah, from when they were played each other in the playoffs. Like it's got both logos on it. Yeah, that is no, sick. pretty cool. There's there's a lot of hats that I have that you guys don't know about that I just that's don't like bring something. Out. That's they're like something I would with. wear to Nashville. Maybe one of these days I'll bring I'll wear something new on the podcast. I'll go bust them out. We should yeah, we real. should start showing each other hats that we feel like we don't know the other person's hat. Yeah. Everyone yeah. show up next week with a hat that like okay you we have to try to fool each other like I didn't know you had this hat. All right, next. I week. like that. I like that a lot. All right, we'll we'll keep doing that. Scott, I think I got a couple that you guys would be like I didn't know you have that hat because everyone has hats they just don't wear. Yeah, yeah, of course. I have hundreds of them that I don't. What are we gonna about. remember? I will. Oh, yeah, I will. Yeah, look, I, need, I, might, I, might I need a little. I might need a little reminder note on the thing. Oh, I already wrote it down. Um, I like Skyler's um comment. Uh, Aldo's too. I have a strip club hat that I hide from my wife. That's hilarious. We won't tell her Aldo. Uh, the backwards hat with sunglasses at the ball game. Yeah, I like that too. I did not wear sunglasses to either of the two. Major League Baseball games that I've attended so far this season, Wrigley Field, I was under the the overhead, so don't need sunglasses there. And at Guaranteed Rate Field, there was overcast, so I did not use sunglasses at either game. But I will. I like sunglasses in the summer. I'm a big summer sunglasses guy. So will this, will this be the only time this year that you've attended the same amount of Cubs games and White Sox games? Yes, I will take the lead with White Sox games tomorrow. And that will be the last time it is ever tied or advantage Cubs at any point this season. I will take the lead Cubs as of next week. And then 
will probably pull ahead with White Sox, but I will be at two to one Cubs. <laughs> wow. Or no, and then you'll probably I'll be tied. Probably... I, no, 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 I'll be tied. Duh. Yeah, what? You don't yeah, have what are, you are. You didn't. I was thinking of something else. I was thinking no, of something you, else. You were in your brain. You just assumed you were with me on Saturday. No, I was thinking of something else because I got a couple of Hawks games lined up. So I was thinking Ooh, of that. Yeah, I want to yeah. hit one more Hawks game too. And if my Utica Comets play against the Chicago Wolves in the Calder Cup final, you know we'll be going to the Allstate Arena for some Calder Cup final hockey. I'll go. I'll go even if the Wolves don't play the Devils. I call yeah. them the Devils. They're called the Comets. The Devils have only ever had an AHL team called the Devils until this year. So that's why I'm like still trying to get used to it. The Utica Comets. They're not the Albany Devils anymore. They're not the Binghamton Devils anymore. They are the Utica Comets. So well, AHL we're hockey. talking hockey. Well, we might as we'll well get into We're not going to get into AHL hockey this week very much. But next week, I think we're going to take a little bit of a look into the AHL and what's going on with some of our favorite AHL teams. So you can look forward to that. But speaking of hockey... We could talk about the great game of the National Hockey League in period number one. Welcome to period one. We're going to have a very interesting show today. The playoffs are coming, guys. It's April 13th. The last day of the regular season is April 29th. We have what? Not a math guy, Joe. Two weeks. I don't, uh, I don't know week-wise, but I'm pretty sure most teams are sitting around 72 to 74 games played. So we're under that 10-game mark. Yes, for, I know the Devils have teams. nine games left. I have nine pre-games yeah. left. So that is... You can look at the calendar. Right? we got three three weeks of regular season left. This yeah. week, next week, and the week after. If you're, It sucks if you're on the top row of this panel here and you know your <laughs> team has 10 games or less. And it's really fun if you're on. <laughs> it's really fun if you're on the bottom little part there. If you know that your team has at least ten games left, and they could go on to play another two to three weeks of Stanley Cup playoff hockey, if not more. So it's fun, but they're stressful. All in right now, it is stressful, especially with games like stressful. like yesterday. Stressful. You know what? Though? I don't know how you guys feel about it. Maybe I'm a little bit of a ro- more of a romantic than you two, but. If the Bruins and Devils were eliminated, I'd be all in on the Hawks with Frankie. If the Hawks and Devils are eliminated like they are, I'm going to be all in with the Bruins on Joey. I don't know if you guys would do the same for me, but I don't really care. I'm a better person than you. So I'm just kidding. I'm not. I'm trash. But, you know, I think it'll be fun to cheer on the Bruins as a podcast during the postseason. The only thing I know we're going to disagree with, Joe, you're not going to root against the Rangers in favor of the Penguins, are you? Hell no. But that has nothing to do with you. You're going to root for the Leafs if the Bruins get bounced. So yeah. What, that's yeah. the same thing. You can't get mad at me for rooting for the Rangers. No, I'm, actually... I'm not. But don't ever think I would root for the Leafs over the Bruins just because of my love for the Leafs, too. I, I wouldn't root for the Rangers over the Devils. Well, I freaking hope not. That would just be utterly disgraceful to you as a brother. Yeah. Utterly but disgraceful. I, but I do like the Rangers. Like I would say you so like the Leafs like... more than I like the Rangers. But I think the Rangers are, like, sick, and I think they they have a chance to actually, you know, make some noise this playoffs. Dude, they're only, so. like, two, four points out of the top spot in the uh, Metropolitan Division. They're good. They're a very good team. But before we talk about the East, we're kind of diving into the East because we have a lot of East Coast bias on this show. Let's talk about the West. Um, there's something going on in the regular season that pisses me off, and I've noticed it throughout the start 
or I noticed it last night. It really kind of was put into my brain from a couple tweets that I saw last night. But then I wrote an article about it for DeWindyCity.com this morning. And, of course, I'm talking about the Chicago Blackhawks game against the Los Angeles Kings. They were defeated 5-2, to two, okay? And they were outshot 36-20, to 20, almost 2-1. to one. And that's not 2-1, to one, is it? No, it's not. It almost, 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 it's almost 2-1. to one. It's almost 2-1. to one. I'm not a math guy. I've been trying to tell you guys for over No, but you were right the first time. You said almost 2-1. to one yeah. And yeah, I'm such a not math guy. That even when I get something right, I talk myself out of it. That's how much of a non-math guy I am. They were almost outshot two to one. The Kings made the Blackhawks just look absolutely freaking horrid. And they, in my opinion, make the Blackhawks organization look horrid. Because the last time the Los Angeles Kings won a playoff series was in 2014 when they won the Stanley Cup. The last time the Blackhawks won a playoff series was in 2015 when this... um when they won the Stanley cup. So you would think that if they fell off around the same time that the Kings and Hawks would be on the come up again, right around the same time. Unfortunately, the Blackhawks have a stinky prospects farm, mediocre players outside of uh, Kane, Taves, Debrinket, and Jones at, in their lineup. And the Kings still have Kopitar, still have Dowdy, still have quick, still have Brown. Those are their four key players that helped them win the cup back then. They kept them all. They didn't trade any of them away, and they rebuilt around them, and they did it the right way. They didn't try to trade for a Nyla- uh, Alex Nylander or you know one of these other bums. They didn't sign Calvin DeHaan or anything. Well, Calvin DeHaan's good, but they really bottomed out, and they rebuilt the right way, and now they're awesome again. They're threatening in the Western Conference. They're a very good team. I don't think either of us would pick them against the Edmonton Oilers, but the fact that they're even in the mix and they're just light years ahead of the Blackhawks, right? And then you think, who are the other teams that were elite with the Blackhawks during and the Kings during that period? The Bruins, a wagon. The Penguins, they're still a wagon. Um, who am I missing? Who else was elite back there? The Wild, they're a wagon. The, the, you know, the, the Rangers were good. The Rangers they lost were good. To the cup in 14. Absolutely. Um, who did the Hawks? Uh, Philly, They uh, that was 2010, though. Philly had plenty of time to be good, and they have fallen off. But, like, for the most part, the other contemporaries with the Hawks and Kings back then are light years ahead of them. Frank, are you as angry about that as me? Yeah, I mean, you got to think the Kings had kind of better luck with the draft. I mean, they did get the second overall draft pick, and they picked Byfield and – um, I mean, they just, it's annoying. Obviously they lost eight in a row. I come on this podcast. It's been three weeks since they've won a game. This is the third straight podcast where I got to talk about the Hawks, not winning a game. It's kind of annoying. Um, I'm irritated. I feel like they could be better than what they are. Um, their farm system stinks. Um, I'm always talking about how their goalies, I, I worry about their goaltending situation. And I mean, they can't let up four to five goals per game. I mean, that just can't happen. And we're seeing that more and more each and every game. You let up five to the Kings. Uh, I think the game before they let up six. Um, it's just this, It just can't happen. And I'm just worried about the future of their prospects, especially in goaltending. And, you know, me and Joey had a conversation the other day about the Los Angeles Kings and how he told me that they're the number one team in shots per game. And I think that really showed last night when they got 36 shots. I mean, yeah, they're not getting 40, but they have surpassed 40 before. But I think that plays into their play style, and I think that's what makes them so good 
because when you get the puck to the net, anything could happen. And we saw that last night. The Kings took some lousy shots, but they ended up going in. Why? Because when you get the puck to the net, anything can happen. And I think they're using that to their advantage and taking advantage of being the highest shot team. And yeah, it was it was a buzz and kill to watch. It was sucked. Joe, um, I think there's a couple reasons why the Kings were able to kind of do it better than the Hawks in terms of their rebuild on like quick rebuild. And I agree with Frankie. Like I feel like the Kings have gotten a little bit luckier in terms of the way that their top defenseman has aged. You look at how Duncan Keith like kind of degressed a lot and now he's not even on the team anymore. Whereas Drew Doughty is still very productive in today's NHL. And yeah, he's out the rest of the season with a wrist injury. I don't know if a wrist surgery he just had. I don't know if you saw that he's done for the year, but uh, when he was healthy this year, playing at 100%, I think he's a top defenseman on an NHL team. Duncan Keith isn't that anymore. Seabrook retired. You know, those Hawks guys are gone. Uh, and then same thing in, in the goaltending. We saw Corey Crawford, even when he was playing with the Hawks, uh, the injury, the question marks on his injury and health status. Um, and then his play just wasn't necessarily there. Yeah, Jonathan Quick is still with the team. He's still like a decent goalie. He's not the Jonathan Quick that he was. Uh, eight years ago, but he's still a really good goalie, Jonathan Quick. And to have that plus the Jack Campbell now, who's not with the team, but Cal Peterson, who's on the team right now, like the kind of that goaltending duo that the LA Kings have been able to maintain that we haven't been able to see the Hawks kind of hold. That's another reason what's part of it. And then Andre Kopitar still being able to get it done. Dustin Brown's still there. So it's like those veterans are there. It's, it contributes a lot to also the luck of some of these young players like Aya Falo and Adrian Kempe, like those development guys really chipping in here. So there's a lot of reasons why the Kings are able to do it and the Hawks weren't, but a lot of it is, you know, luck and how these players aged. I think there is a little bit of luck, but I have some rebuttals for all those statements that you made, okay? They let Corey Crawford go, and he didn't like what he had with the Devils. He retired. He was unhappy. He comes back to the Blackhawks, probably still playing. If Stan you Bowman think? brings them back, yes. He had a lot of injury problems. He had a lot of health issues. Yeah. Who knows yeah. the real, the real thing with his neck? We'll never know. We'll never know. But I find it so odd that he went to Devil's training camp, threw on the gear, looked unhappy, and then retired. The pictures of him in the Devil's gear are not pretty. He's like, really? Are you serious? I'm not with the, the team, this team anymore. And I'm not shitting on the Devils. They stink. But, like, I love the Devils. But that's not Corey Crawford's team. And Duncan Keith and Dowdy – Similar, I'm sorry. Duncan Drew Doughty. Drew Doughty's a way better defenseman today. He's than way Duncan better defense, but he's younger. He's a little younger. Okay, they kept Seabrook for far too long. Far too long. You know what the Kings did? They started shipping off guys. Muzzin. You know, they let other guys just go. They traded Jeff Carter. Why didn't the Blackhawks? trade tapes. I mean, I know it's a little bit, there, there are some different situations, obviously with cap and contracts and stuff like that, but the Kings let people go. They got Byfield. Okay. Byfield is way better than doc. The, let's not forget the Hawks won a lottery too. You know, doc has not progressed. That was a bad pick. He's not a bust. I'm not calling doc a bust because he'll play in the NHL. His goal game. against Dallas was sick. Did you guys it see was it? sick. He's incredibly skilled. <laughs> He's not a bust. He's just the eighth best player from his draft class, and he was taken third. Okay? Uh, the Kings got Turcotte. Okay? They took him fifth because in the same draft, in the same draft as Doc, they took Turcotte. Okay? They, they, they hit on Kempe. Um, they signed Denault when they were ready to start winning some games. The Blackhawks traded Denault for Dale Weiss. Okay? Dale Weiss stunk. 
Um, there are just a lot of mistakes. Yoki Haru, nice young defenseman traded for Nylander. The Kings didn't make any of these dumb decisions. And Kopitar and Kane have similar offensive production right now. Kane's probably a little more, but Kopitar's a little more well-rounded. So I think it's a combination of luck and just bad decision-making by Stan Bowman. He keeps coming up on this podcast. He's been gone for, what, six months now? But his his issues with the team are still there, and it it infuriates me. I believe Kyle Davidson is going to fix it. But the Hawks should be back on the come up right now, just like the Kings, and they're not. They're just starting the rebuild, and that's a shame. The Kings have also done a good job. You mentioned Denault, and it made me think of another guy. They've done a really good job of bringing guys in to complement not only the veterans but those young development guys. Uh, A big name, only 22 games played this year. He's got 14 points. Uh, Anthony Siu, who they brought in from Detroit. So, and, and a guy like that, like he's very in the games he's played. He, he played in the game that they played against the Bruins. So I actually got like a full look at him. I don't watch too many Kings games from beginning to end, but he was one of the most noticeable players. Just bringing in guys like that is another reason, especially when they're productive, is another reason why you're going to be able to rebuild on the fly like they have. And I say rebuild yeah. on the fly because, like, yeah, the few years they were bad. You can be in a rebuild. I call it a rebuild on the fly if you're bad, but only for like a season or like a couple seasons, two or three seasons. You're not in a full on like, you know, seven year long playoff drought of just rebuilding. They didn't trade Kopitar. Exactly. Exactly. That's what I consider a full on rebuild. When you fire sale everybody and you start from scratch, like it's a rebuild on the fly when you're able to not do that. And the point I'm with, and Frank, you could chime in too. The Hawks are beyond doing that though. Taves and Kane each only have one year left on their deal. They signed Jones for nine mil starting next year. That's a middle twenties defenseman for not eight years. Um, Dabrinkit has one year left on a team friendly deal. Instead of getting, instead of having Dabrinkit this season at six and a half mil with an up and coming team around him, and then you could sign him during the off season and be confident with it. You go into this off season wondering whether or not Dabrinkit will ever be good in his prime while this team is good. And take like I'm saying, it's past the point of rebuilding on the fly for the Hawks. They could have rebuilt on the fly. Pittsburgh did. How long did Pittsburgh go without winning? Yeah. You know, How, same thing with the Bruins. Boston, they Boston, missed the playoffs. Yeah, I was waiting for you to say it before I brought them up. <laughs> Instead of you know signing crap defensemen to like try and squeak in as an eight seed and failing, they missed the year. They got McAvoy. McAvoy is one of the five best defensemen in the NHL, and then you know they it's a combination of being better at scouting and making better decisions. And now it kind of looks like they're going to have to go through this full on rebuild. That is like Aldo points out going to take a while, but I think that could have been avoided and they could be a lot more like the Kings, which just really annoys me because I want to go to playoff games at the United center. So but is bad. it, but is it going to be a full on rebuild? Because are they going to get rid of Debrinket, Kane, Taves, everybody? I don't see it. I don't see it being a full on rebuild. Uh, I think it like we talked about two episodes. It was two episodes ago, one episode ago. It all depends on what Patrick Kane wants to do. If Patrick Kane takes a five-year deal or a four-year deal at six and a half, seven mil, then maybe. But like you're gonna have to pay Debrinket. Are you gonna make Debrinket the highest-paid player on the team? A winger. You're gonna make a winger the highest-scored play, highest-paid player on the team. I, I just I, I have a hard time. Even if they don't go that route and they try to be competitive. I don't see it working. I mean, it, what what would you rather have? And be honest with me, both of you. Would you rather have a team that is just so stinky but building towards winning the Stanley Cup and could win the Stanley Cup within the next seven years, like, let's say, the Devils? 
or Ottawa or Detroit? Or would you rather be like middling just forever? And like, yeah, there'll be some fun games that you win because Marc-Andre Fleury steals games for you. You know, it's hard. It's very, very hard. Go ahead, Frank. Yeah, I think I would rather – I'm all about now. That's how it's always been because the future is not guaranteed. If you could guarantee me they could middle and get in the playoffs and I could watch some playoff games, you never know what could happen. Look at the Kings when they got in as the eighth seed and won the Stanley Cup. They, they weren't the favorites coming in. They middled, right? So Yeah, I mean, they, they not, middled, but they had an up-and-coming core. But it, it's not fun watching them stink. I, I'm in it for now. And it might be the better option to choose long-term and have them suck now and be better in the future. But my mindset, I want to see them win. Joe? I mean, yeah, you want to see your team win and you want to see your team make the playoffs like as many times as possible. That's kind of like what I've been going through. A lot of playoff games, a lot of playoff appearances with nothing to show for it. And it sucks. So that's kind of what, that's why I bring that up. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I, I see exactly what Frankie's saying because, you know, you could go through all this time sucking and being ass. Like, like, look at the Devils. They're not fun to watch right now. What if they never win the cup? What if Nico never, like, you just spent seven years sucking and you have nothing to show for it. Look at Edmonton right now. Yeah, they got two of the best players in the entire world, but are they ever going to get out of a first round? Who knows? Yeah, it's true. So I can I, see it from both sides. Tampa, look at look at their roster. You know, Stamkos, first overall pick. Hedman, third overall pick. They got lucky with Kucherov in the third round. Hawks got lucky with Dabrinkit in the second. Like, you know, there are ways to build a team. There are many ways to build a team, but I think doing what the Kings did, that ship has sailed for the Blackhawks. It's either have another 70-point season next year or a 50-point season. I'd rather have a 50-point season and have a chance at Bedard or Mitchkov, you know? That, yeah, for that, next year, especially because like there's some of the teams in the league right now, it's like I feel like there's more spread out talent in the NHL now more than ever. So like there's a lot of cup contenders opposed to like, you know, in years past, it's like there was probably like a handful of teams that you actually thought were going to make deep play. Yeah, there's surprises, but like, I don't know, the top seemed very top heavy. Now it seems like every team that's going to make the playoffs could make a run at the a legitimate run at the Stanley Cup. Yeah, so, well, we're going to a lot more about... talent. Yeah, we're going to talk about a team in the Eastern Conference that we shit on earlier and said they had no chance. Now they're red hot, and if they won the Cup, I'd be 0% surprised. They're the current eighth seed in the Eastern Conference playoff spot. We'll talk, you know, hint, hint, we'll talk about that later. Um, If I were Kyle Davidson, and we'll end on this, and you could say whether or not you agree. If I were Kyle Davidson, I would call Patrick Kane the day after the season is over and say, Patrick, do you want to be part of this retool slash rebuild like we did with the Kings? No. Okay. I'm on the phone the next day trying to see what I can get for number 88. Taves, you're gone. Who wants to give me a second for Taves? Uh, Jabrinkit, uh, Edmonton, I'll take your first. Um, who's the defenseman I'm thinking of who's sick? Is it um, Bouchard? I don't uh, On Edmonton, the young guy. Um, you know, any one of those teams that have like a sick player. Oh, the wild. Oh, wild. I'll take your next year's first and I'll take Matt Boldy and you can have to bring it for your next year's playoff run, you know, stuff like that. Rossi. Hey, wild. Give me Rossi and a first round pick and you could have to bring it, uh, Florida. Give me Spencer Knight and two firsts and you can have to bring it like 
that's what I would do. That's a way to get your team retooled on the fly. But it all comes down to what number 88 has in mind for me. I think Kane has big pull in the organization. I think whatever Kane wants to do will also decide the fate for like Taves to bring, like you said, Vin. But I think Kane is would take a pay cut to stay with Chicago. I think he wants to bring another championship to Chicago. I think he wants success in the city of Chicago. And I would not be surprised whatsoever. Come next year, if I'm sitting here on the podcast saying, I told you Kane stayed. They're going to try and do this. They're going to try and rebuild with the players around him. I think it'd be foolish to get rid of Dabrinkit. They drafted him. He's still young. He could still be part of a rebuild. The whole point of a rebuild, you want to get young prospects who are young and upcoming to help win this team. That's exactly what Dabrinkit is. I'm not calling Dabrinkit this vet who's been around for 10 years. The Hawks drafted him as this young gun. Turned out to be good. Even if you got to pay him a lot, I think it'd be absolutely god-awful if they traded Dabrinkit. Joe? Yeah, I agree. With are you talking about the Debrinket thing or all of it? If if they were if they were to get rid of Debrinket, it would be an absolute nightmare. He would go to another team, and it would be a nightmare. You you can't get rid of a guy like that. I'm not saying he's as good as that Artemi Panarin, but look how that. I don't. I don't agree. I'm sorry. Like if you can get Spencer Knight a first and another sick prospect from Florida. Instead but of paying to bring it 10 mil, nine. Why mil, are we trading away a good, good young guy to get other good young guys? Like it doesn't because make sense. Those good young guys are cheaper right now and they'll be better longer. Or they'll be good longer. Not, I don't know about better. But, but we already know what to bring it could bring. And those, what if the those good prospects bought them out? And those good guys aren't guaranteed. Exactly. What if they're not no. they're not guaranteed to be good? Okay, okay. There's risk involved with rebuilding. And but what, you're what you're not even guaranteed to get one of those top guys. When do you Joe think the Hawks are going to be competitive for the Stanley Cup again? It could take however long it takes them to build a good team. <laughs> Five I years? can't see the future. I can't see the future. But let me tell you if they get rid of if they bottom out, get rid of DeBrinket, Kane, Keith or not Keith Taves. Uh, especially to Brinkett because he's their best goal scorer. And you win hockey games by scoring goals, I hate to tell you. If they get rid of him, you're then you're going to suck and you're not even guaranteed to get a Shane Wright or a Bedard. I would say your chances are more likely you're not going to get it. If you uh, were the last place, dead last in the league, you have, what, a 20% chance to win the lottery? That means you have an 80% chance to not win the lottery. <laughs> and you could be like Colorado and get Kale McCarr and Bowen Byram out of not winning two lotteries. Luck. Agreed. Well, let's take it to baseball. Chris Sale. Yoan Moncada and Michael Kopech were prospects that could easily suck. Uh, that That's yeah. just kind of how rebuilding works. And I, I'm sorry, I, I don't think they're going to be good during... I don't think... I also don't prime. think Debrinkit would get 10 mil. No, uh, 10 mil is a lot, no. And I don't know I don't know necessarily if Debrinkit makes Seven others five. around him. Does Debrinkit make others around him better? The answer is mm, no. He makes himself no. better. He makes himself better. He's a seven sniper. five is max for Debrinket. If he wanted more, I would tell him to take a hike. Yes, I agree. Um, I couldn't agree more because he'll have forty goals and thirty assists. That's nice. That's nice. But you pay the eight, nine, ten mil to the guys who have sixty assists mm-hmm. and thirty goals. Yeah. You know? If a guy like Pasta was able to negotiate through whatever arbitration or whatever a seven one, like. 
Come on now. Bruins aren't rebuilding though, my friend. It's no, I know, but winning. it's either money or winning. Is that that's that's also situational. That depends Look on the Look at player. Stamkos and Kucherov. They could have got 12 on the open market. They got nine and a half and eight and a half. I think every hockey player wants to win unless they've won already. Okay, and that's the thing with Patrick Kane that scares me. He's so close to all of these Blackhawk records that I, I hope he just doesn't – I hope they don't just let him stick around so he can break Stan Makita's assist record because then you're talking about personal achievements over winning. Unless they're able to sign him for like a five mil. But he's worth more than five. If, yeah, I would say if they're yeah, able to resign – if they re- I would say if they re-sign Patrick Kane for a seven mil, three-year three seven mil deal, I think that's a steal. Yeah, he would have to have a no-trade clause though. Or a partial no trade. Well, yeah. A 10, t- a 10 list no trade clause. 10 team. Is that what they do sometimes? I think Flurry had a 10 or, team. Uh, or, or there's multiple ways they do it. Like it could be a no trade clause, except there's a list of teams that are allowed to. But most of the time, like no trade, no movement clause. Like you, if they want to get traded, they'll ask them to waive it yeah. and they waive it. Yeah. That's, that's, they a, mean, no, that's a pointless thing about it. No trade clauses are just so like they can't get caught off guard. Exactly. You're not going to wake up to a phone call. Hey, you've been traded. <laughs> yeah. You're not going to be Ryan Whitney traded for Chris Kunitz. And it's mainly with older guys. And I think it has mainly to do with like family. You don't want to wake yeah. up and say, Hey, you're, you're gone in tomorrow there. You want to wake up and be like, okay, we're going to, we're thinking about moving you. Would you waive your? Now you have time to think about it, process it all. So that's kind of what I think of the whole no trade. I, when I see people have, get a no movement, no trade clause, it means nothing. You, those guys can easily get moved. <laughs> Yeah, I agree. I mean, Flurry got drafted in the expansion draft. Like he had a no move. He had to waive it just to go to Vegas. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Uh, one quick thing before we move off the Hawks, don't you think? Do you think division could have something to do with it too? You look at the central. You look at the central division over the next five to six years, and it is not pretty for the bottom teams in it. It is not pretty. Um, Colorado's not going anywhere. The Blues are not going anywhere. The Wild are not going anywhere. Nashville, if Saros and Yossi keep playing like that, it's hard to see them going anywhere. I mean, these two guys, they might get me in the fantasy hockey championship. We'll see. I mean, they're playing that good. And Nashville is in a playoff spot because of it. And who am I? Oh, Dallas. Dallas. Dallas, Dallas is always kind of like in the middle. Then they'll make it to the random Stanley Cup final. You know, they have good players. Robertson is so sick. Um, who, Who's in between the Hawks and Dallas? There's got to be one other team in between Winnipeg? the Hawks and Winnipeg. I think they're going to rebuild. I, I think Which they're sucks, in because I feel like Winnipeg has like a – they have a stacked team, I feel. Winnipeg are not good. Hawks. Winnipeg is the Hawks without championships. Their window's over, and they didn't take the opportunity to trade Wheeler before he started to fall off a little bit. Stastny – um, Shifley is still really good, but I mean, they're, they're just the Hawks without championships. And so I think it's a little bit easier for them to rebuild because there's less attachment to these guys because of no championships. And there's, there's more young guys that I think are worth more like Kyle Connor, uh, Nikolai Ehlers. Like those guys are sick. Okay. And those guys, and they're might not get going why? Uh, Every player, see, that's the thing. We live in a world where we think that just because guys are amazing, that we don't trade them. Wayne Gretzky was traded in his prime. I get that. He wasn't. That was not part of a re of a of a up and coming team. No, the, the Oilers, Oilers were an up won the cup the year after he left. Okay, 
Yeah. No, and that's what I'm saying. It could go either way. Re- rebuilds are not guaranteed. <laughs> you say anything? <laughs> yeah. Frank, I thought you were... Frank, what do you got on the Hawks? What, what's coming up with the Hawks? Um, I mean, what do you what do you want me to say? They've been terrible. Um, <laughs> hey, buddy, if I like, have to talk about the Devils without Jack Hughes, you have to talk about the Blackhawks. It's funny because the one talk about the, the one time Joe he was on the podcast, you're like, I'm not talking about the Devils. Like, yeah. they're not there. Uh, there's nothing. I mean, there's they, really not much. Ever, yeah, there's not I much mean, more to keep talking about the Blackhawks. I, they I suck. Could, I could go on. I could tell you they got a game against San Jose tomorrow. Then they go to Nashville to play the Predators, and then they play Calgary on the 18th. Other will, than that, uh, these are going to be rough games. Going into Nashville is going to be tough. Playing Calgary, Calgary's on fire right now. I'll be the- Holy shit, dude! Beat the no, Sharks. I'll, I'll be there beat tomorrow. The I'll be there. It's just it's it's just a rough schedule right now, and I hope that next week I could say they won a game because it's been three weeks that they haven't won a game. Well, it's simple as that. Shane, right here they come, but then they got to give their draft pick to. It's like everything you say that sounds positive. There's like a negative connotation that comes with it. It just sucks. And I well, listen. At the end of the day, we all want them to be good, even if we disagree on how to get them there. We all want them to be good. There's, we all have the same exact intentions in our fanhood. Do we agree on that? Joey's like, yeah, I don't really care. <laughs> well, we talked about the Central Division. The Wild and the Blues have just an incredible race going into the playoffs. I believe they have the same number of points after the St. Louis Blues absolutely slaughtered the Boston Bruins last night. They tie the Minnesota Wild in points because the Wild won as well. So I ask you, Joe, since you just got a perky old smile on your face, what do you think of this little little race to the finish here? The rush for the playoffs, if you will. I'm not going to lie. Similar to 2019, are the Blues getting hot at the perfect time? Like, they are currently on a six-game winning streak, and they are playing some incredible hockey. They are uh, 8-0-1 now. Oh, it's right there. Eight zero and one in their past nine. We'll look uh, at those top three teams in the central. Yeah, just playing the best hockey of of at the perfect time. Um, they just got Tory Krug back. He scored a goal. You could have bet the house on that. First time back in Boston. Tenth of um, the year. Good for him from the blue line. Yeah, and he missed a lot of time. He's been dealing with a, a jammed wrist. I think they said. But he looks very comfortable on that back end. Uh, Huso is an unreal goalie. But we don't know who's going to be the number one starter going, going to the playoffs. It's got to be him. I don't know. That's the thing. That's the thing. I don't know. Is Bennington healthy? I'm pretty sure. Just Huso has been outstanding. I mean, he's been so good. Yeah. I'm trying to check. Like, they're active, they're active goalies. Not I don't think Bennington is healthy. He might not be. Cap, cap, cap friendly is always the best tool for that. Yeah, but I agree. Huso's awesome. He's been fun to watch, except for yesterday. Um, so as of right now, I actually like the Blues a little more than the Wild. I think they will come out on top of that race. Yeah, they're, they're the hotter team, and that's kind of what I'm going off of here. But um, I don't know. One overtime game. They're uh, they're got a big game against one another on Saturday, so that could make or break the uh, the the standings when it comes you know three weeks from now. 
I would like to know their head-to-head record because I know the Wild beat them the last time they played, but then there's the Winter Classic. It's just a great well, – like, I would pick seven games if the uh, – it's going to end up being this as they, a series for sure. They only play – neither of them, and they're, neither of them are catching the Avalanche. Sorry to interrupt. They only play three times this year because there's like a, a lot of – some division opponents don't play as often as other division opponents because of the way the schedule worked out this year. is real messed up. Um, so they only played three times. One of them, of course, was that Winter Classic game where the Blues won 6-4. to four. And then their most recent game was a Blues 4-3 to three win over the uh, – in, in overtime, like you said, on April 8th. So yeah. the Blues have won both games. So if they're able to get this third season, uh, series sweep on Saturday – and you know, take a game played, take a game at hand away from the Blues, and get two points where they don't get a point. Then that could be huge coming to, to the final three weeks here. And that most recent game where the Blues won in overtime, the Wild had a two to, or a three to one lead, and the Blues scored two goals late and then won it in overtime. I believe it was our guy. We met his grandparents, Robert Thomas, scoring in overtime. So Frank, what do you like about this matchup here? Well, I actually think the Blues are going to pull away and take second over in the division. Um, Right now, the Blues have won six in a row. They've won eight of their last nine, where the Wild have only won six of their last nine. Um, so when you have nice. two teams this close in the standings, I like to break it down into three categories. You go, who has the better goaltending? Who could put the puck in the net uh, more often? And who's playing hotter at the moment? So we look at the goaltending, right? And we look at both goaltenders, and while Huso's been good and you got Bennington, I'd have to give the edge to Flurry and Talbot, to be honest with you. I mean, those guys have just been standing on their head. Um, I don't know if Flurry's even ever lost in a wild uniform yet. Um, you could check that. I have no, I'm pretty sure he hasn't, but maybe he has. But as far as I know, he hasn't even lost as a, as a Minnesota Wild yet. I think um, he has to Nashville like once. I think he has one loss to Nashville. I'm checking now. So, well, I give the, the goaltending set to the Minnesota Wild. Then we look at who's been able to put the puck in the net more often. That's hands down the St. Louis Blues. Um, they actually have a plus 14 goal differential more than the Minnesota Wild. They're able to score at a better pace than the Wild are. And they still have somewhat decent, pretty good goaling, goaltending to back it up. While it might not be as good as the Wild, they could put the puck in the net a little bit more, and that plus 14 goal differential shows it. So I got it 1-1 so far, going into the final category of who's playing hotter. Joey nailed it on the head. This is eerily, eerily similar to their 29th Stanley Cup season when they the second half of the season they just played remarkably better. It wasn't even close. It's like there was a fire lit under their ass, and they just, they just came out in the second half of the season better. Um and I have to say the Blues are playing better hockey at the moment. Just based off 8 out of 10 versus 6 – or 8 out of 9, their past 9 versus the Wild winning 6 out of their last 9. So I give advantage Blues. If that stuff holds up, I mean, the Blues are really close to the Wild in the standing. They're just about to pass them. I got to give the edge to the Blues, and they're going to take over the second uh, spot in the Central Division. Very good. I'll be the contrarian. The Wild have the better goalie, and they have the best player on either team. Kirill Kaprizov is just absolutely, you know, one of the top 15 best players in the NHL. Um, the Wild are just as hot. Uh, six out of nine, I think, but there, two of them were in overtime. Um, and one of them was to the Blues. Those teams have just been battling all season long. If they play each other in a series, I believe it will go seven games. I don't know who I will pick. I probably will lean Wild. I have a little bit of bias there. Um, I like the Wild a lot. Um, I'll always kind of cheer on the green and red when they're not playing the Devils or the Bruins or even the Hawks. Um, 
Can you imagine if the one time, Joe, that the Leafs made it to the Stanley Cup final, it was against the Wild, and, like, I had to cheer against the Leafs? Like, I would cheer for the Wild. I like the Wild a lot. And, you know, Kaprizov, Eriksenek, Fiala, you know, uh, Hartman has a crap ton of goals. Um, he got a fine for flipping off Evander Kane, and then Evander mm-hmm. Kane's wife quick paid Hartman $200 to go towards his fine. Do you know about that? No, I have no idea. I saw him flip him off. Evander Kane got a bird from Ryan Hartman and Evander Kane's ex-wife, which is kind of the reason he's on the Oilers now instead of the Sharks, quick paid on Venmo Ryan Hartman $200 to go towards that fine because she (laughs) hates Evander Kane so much. That's funny. So, you know, to me, the Wild, they have the better defense. I think Spurgeon, Dumba, you know, those guys are just unbelievable. Um, I I hate to say it. They don't miss Parisi or Suter at all. And I know Zach has like 15 goals now. He scored two yesterday. Like they could really use him on their third line. There's no doubt about it. I I still don't understand it to this day, just for one more season to hang on to those guys. Parisi and Suter would look nice on those teams. Suter scored. Didn't Suter score yesterday or two days ago when I was watching the Stars? Um, Oh, it was against the Hawks, I think. Suter scored. Suter scored against, unless it got tipped in front, but Suter was definitely getting some high fives and stuff when I was watching them play the Hawks. I believe it was Saturday or Sunday. It was Sunday. Mm-hmm. And, you know, those two guys would look nice in wild sweaters right now, but I understand going in a new direction, younger. Um, they're good, man. I'll, I'll give the slight edge to the wild just to be a little different. But, you know, I fully admit that I have a little bit of bias there. But it, it, either way, because I like the Blues too, you know, their building is awesome when it's bumping. The songs they play when they score, like the, the Blues are cool. There's nothing uncool about the Blues. I know they're probably not a lot of our listeners' favorite team at all, but Wild Blues is going to be must-see TV when the postseason starts. So that was some good conversation. On yeah, those two you got your red, you got your red teams mixed up. It was Saturday. Ryan Suter had the first goal of the game against the New Jersey Devils, which was the their Devils. Goal. Okay, yeah. yeah, you're right. He, and the he Devils, did not score. The Devils came back and won. Obviously, he's here. Sick play. Mm-hmm. Um, um, yeah. Another thing, real quick, about the Blues, they lead the league in 20 goal scorers with seven. Wow. Being Devils a deep team, being a deep good? team is very important in a playoff run. Having guys like, okay, if you if you got if you got four guys that just get shut down, being able to have oh yeah, not to mention Robert Thomas has 18 goals and Ryan O'Reilly has 17 goals. So they're gonna probably finish this year with nine 20 goal scorers. And come playoff time, if you have a whole line of guys, three, let's say you got three guys who just get shut down, a guy gets hurt, being able to have four more guys who have 20 goals, like who are consistent goal scorers, that's huge in the playoffs. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. Hey, I'm not crapping on the Blues at all. Like, I think it's it's evenly matched. I mean, they have 96 points on April 13th each. They'll both break 100. And they'll both be top seven or eight teams in the NHL. And one of them just has to get eliminated in the first round because of the stupid ass playoff structure. You know, I would love for the blues to be the three seed in the wild to be the four seed right now. So then the blues could play like the Kings or something and the wild could play the Oilers, you know, so the better teams make it to the second round, but that's just not how the NHL set up right now. One of the top, same thing. We talk about that with the Atlantic division all the time, two of the, or one of the Leafs, 
Bruins or Lightning will be out after the first round. Whether Joey's hate overclouds his brain or not, those are three of the seven best teams in the NHL. One of them's gone in the first round. Yeah, I wish it would. They would go back to the way it used to be. Mm -hmm. Me too. This kind of sucks. It was two thousand. The two thousand twelve playoffs was the first year I heavily invested myself in the Stanley Cup playoffs. I had a bracket on a whiteboard and everything, and that was where one played eight, two played seven. I mean, they reseeded. And yeah, after the uh, shortened season or after that lockout. There was so. the lockout season had the same pattern. There was the year after the lockout, 13, oh. 14. So that 2013 um, Hawks year had the same seating. I thought that was the point of the lockout for it to redo the collective bargaining agreement. Yeah. Where no. they realigned. It was the following season they realigned. Remember the Hawks played Detroit in 2013. They were still in the same division. Yeah, I know, but the playoff was still the same way. No. Or yeah, it was the same way as the year before. It didn't change till 13-14. Um, so the Hawks won two of their three cups with that old format. But like Frankie said, it'd be better to just have the second teams playing in the second round instead of the first. And then like the really top teams play each other in the conference finals. Like you have a better chance of getting the true final four. Like the Bruins are going to play one of Florida or um, what are they called? Carolina. That sucks. Yeah, it's almost like the the best rounds, and this is kind of how I felt the past few years. The best rounds of the playoffs are the first round, and that shouldn't yeah. be the case. No, I know. And then not. like you get to the conference finals, and you're like, all right, just bring on the cup. Like these, this series isn't as good as what we already saw. <laughs> yes, like when the Rangers played Montreal and the Hawks played the Kings. Like those were the four best teams in the NHL. Mm-hmm. Um, I just. It, it, it kind of sucks the way that it is right now because, like I said, one of the Bruins, Leafs, Lightning, out first round. One of Wilder Blues, out first round. And one of the Blue, Bruins, Hurricanes, and Panthers, out first round. I, I named all, like, the top teams besides Colorado and Calgary, which, speaking of Calgary, we'll talk about them right now. Um, they're elite. They're one of the best teams in the NHL. I think they're the only team in the East. I, I, no, I won't say the only team. I think the Wild and Blues could as well. The Wild and Blues both have good enough goaltending where a really good series from those guys could make help them beat Colorado. I don't think Colorado's invincible by any means. No team is for me this year. Um, Calgary is one of the other teams that could take down Colorado. I would actually put them as the most likely to take down Colorado. And they're unable to play each other in – or no, they can play each other in the conference finals. That's probably my pick for the conference finals. Actually, Joe, or no, we'll start with you on this one, Frank. Calgary Flames. You know, I kind of gave Markstrom shit going into the season. Um, he's he's playing better than I thought he was going to play. This dude's standing on his head. He's a big reason why the Calgary Flames are, you know, in the predicament that they're in. They're just soaring through the Pacific Division. Um, you got Goudreau, who's been playing electric. Uh, Mangiapane. Kachuk had a hat trick last night. I believe it gave him his 37th or 38th goal of the season. I mean, you got tons of goal scorers on here, and you got great goaltending. It's obvious the Pacific is theirs. Nobody's going to take the Pacific away from them. Um, They're just a fun team to watch, too. There's not a ton of Canadian teams that I root for personally, but Calgary Flames are definitely up there for me. Joe? Yeah, um... I give a huge, huge amount of credit to Johnny Goudreau. Uh, a lot of people were kind of shitting on him in a couple years, this past couple years, but, you know, he's back. He's over 100 points already. 
Um, I would say him and Markstrom, I would say the main reasons like this team and obviously a bunch of other guys, but the two biggest reasons right there and they're playing good hockey. Another team that's just playing amazing right at the perfect time, five game win streak themselves. They're playing Vegas tomorrow, a team that they could easily beat. They beat in the past. And then Arizona, Chicago coming up like they just are lined up for a great finish to this season. So um, getting hot at the right time is key going into the playoffs. And they're doing just that trap game tomorrow. I think Vegas beats them. I really do. I don't know. I, I don't know. It's the second game of a of a whole little homestand that they got. Um, I don't think that the Vegas Golden Knights will win tomorrow because the flame. I just don't see that being the team that ends this Flames win streak. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I I just think Vegas is a better team than the record says, and they're very injured. And Mark Stone is back, so you know I, I think Vegas is going to really put it all on the line to try and win out or not win out. That nobody's going to win out yet. But, you know, I think I, – I, I like Vegas 10 the season. I think they get in. I do. I don't know why. I don't know why I think that. What are they, three points It's going to be tough. I, it is I, tough. It's going to be so tough. Making up three points, Frank. I remember when I told you – I think it was the Hawks and the Devils. They were each seven points out. And I was like, yeah, no chance. I know there's half a season left. Making up seven points is so hard because every team gets a loser point for going to overtime. And, what, four out of every ten games go to overtime. So, like, you know, it's just – it's hard. But – I'm not going to lie. Something about Vegas. This is going to sound crazy because it's probably not going to happen, but it feels like a scenario where a team struggles to stay healthy all year long. And that keeps them like below the playoff line or at the playoff line all year. And then they magically get healthy in that final two week stretch of the season. Just get so hot and then soar through the playoffs. That should surprise nobody. Yeah. But but the only thing is, they might have to play Colorado then in the first round. I know, I know. So, I mean, and then everybody's preseason Western Conference final prediction becomes a first round matchup, which is another reason why I hate the. See, but with the old way, it would be the same. It would, but that's in just lucky, case. a lucky scenario. Yeah. yeah. Um. Really quick, we're we're talking hockey, but there's a bit of news in the sports world going on right now that I kind of want your guys' opinion on in real time. The Los Angeles Dodgers pulled Clayton Kershaw, who had a perfect game going oh, into the I knew he had it. Oh, my God. I knew he and had he it going. he had 80 pitches. 80. That's a tweak. That's a tweak. That's, That's crazy. I, mean, I didn't know that. I'm kind of reading it right now. If it, and here's my opinion on it. You guys could bounce off, and then we'll get right back to hockey. I know it's a hockey show, but it's a hot topic in the sports world. Clayton Kershaw had a perfect game through eight or through seven. So going into the eighth, he only had 80 pitches. I believe if he had a no hitter, it's okay to pull him. He's done it before. He Kershaw has a no hitter in his career. That, that to me, I don't even, I don't even really care about no hitters anymore. Like, yeah, they're cool. I tweet about it when they happen. There have been 220,000 MLB games in the history of the sport. There have been 23 perfect games. I can't believe he, you they gotta were give a guy. You gotta give a guy the opportunity to finish it off. A perfect game. The second he gives up a walk, even you could pull him. I don't care about no hitters, really. I don't. There'll be four or five no hitters this season. Perfect game. Eh, I'm surprised just... they did that. If that was later in the year, they would have let him go. But it's just because the season's so young. You see that a lot with pitchers now. That they'll they only go like five or six innings to start the season. So yeah. Kershaw should be lucky. He even went seven. 
Kershaw's an all-time great pitcher, though. He's a first ballot Hall of Famer. He's probably the best pitcher or second best pitcher of our generation. And they just pull. I, I just I don't get it. But you know, I don't get it either. Road. I don't agree with it at all. Well, they only gave up one hit, and it was the next pitcher. So like they blew the, the combined next pitcher on the first that bat. I think they blew the combined no hitter <laughs> like right away. Yeah, what a it's buffer. just crazy. Um, I, I would love to. I would love to hear Kershaw's. Like maybe he was. Maybe something was hurt. We'll find yeah, out. If he was hurt, then I don't blame him because you don't. Want if to if, if he was okay with yeah. it, and he, we'll never know that side of the story. If he was okay, we with, for all we know, for all we know, the coach, you know, asked him like, "Hey, what do you want to do here?" And Kershaw was like, "I don't care, dude. I really don't want to hurt myself. Yeah. I'm not feeling right, 100 right now. Get me out of here." And it's gonna look bad, but you never know what's said in that clubhouse. That's true. Blake Snell was so mad about it though that he switched teams. Oh, two weeks after he was pulled in the World Series. So, you know, sometimes you do find this stuff out. So we'll see. The wild card in the um, Western Conference, we touched on it a little bit just now, actually. Nashville, Dallas, Vegas. And you could lump the Kings in there, I guess. Um, if you include the Kings, then three of the four, uh, four teams will make it. If you don't include the Kings and assume they're in, in the Pacific, then two of the three teams will make it. I think Nashville – so earlier in the season, I kind of predicted that Nashville would fall off, and that's still possible. They only have like a three-point cushion. But if I had to pick – this is going to sound crazy. I'm going Nashville and Vegas. Frank? Yeah, so right now you got Nashville, Dallas, and Vegas. And I think Nashville's playing way too well right now for Vegas to pass them. I think Nashville's in. That's my lock. Nashville's going to be in the postseason. If Vegas were to pass the team, it'd have to be the Dallas Stars. Um, one, because I think Vegas is a better team than what their record shows. I think they're getting a lot of hate for their record, but I think they're they're better than what they seem like. They weren't healthy for a majority of the season. Now they're finally getting Leonard and Stone back, and I think we could finally – and with Eichel now in the mix, I think we could finally see like what they're truly made of. And interestingly enough, the Dallas Stars are the only playoff team right now from either conference that has a negative goal differential. That is a huge problem going into the playoffs. Um, you know, so I could honestly see Vegas, if they were to jump a team, it would have to be the Dallas Stars. And while it's still maybe out of reach, potentially, I guess I wouldn't be all that surprised if it ended up happening. Joe? Um, I agree with everything Frankie just said. I think it just might be a little too late for Vegas, um, and mainly because you, I was looking at, I was comparing both uh, teams' schedules the remainder of the year, and you got to give the strength of schedule to the Dallas Stars. I think they, they're finishing their season with a four-game homestand against Seattle, the Vegas Golden Knights at home, Arizona, and Anaheim. If they can beat Vegas, like Vegas is the better team. Don't get me wrong. When healthy, Vegas is the better team, and I think Vegas would make way more noise in the playoffs than Dallas would. I just think it's a little too late. If they're able to, you know, let's say sweep that homestand, there's eight points right there. Vegas is not making the playoffs. Not to mention they, they play uh, – they have one more road trip, Vancouver, Edmonton, Calgary. Like, that's not an easy road trip, but, I mean, the way Dallas is playing, if they can get points out of that right before that homestand, like, okay, there's a lot of points on the table for the Dallas Stars. You look at the Vegas Knights schedule, they only have three more home games this season. They're a team where, you know, they benefit from playing at home in Vegas a lot more than a lot of other teams benefit playing at home. And they finish their season on a big road trip, three-game road trip, where they make their way from Dallas to Chicago to St. Louis. And then they also have to play the Washington Capitals in there. 
Calgary tomorrow, Edmonton. Like they, they just don't have an easy schedule to finish out this season. So I think the Dallas Stars are going to undoubtedly make it, not to mention the game at hand they have on, on Vegas. There's two games. Sorry, Vin, I just want to say no, this. Go ahead. There, there are two games coming up in the remainder of their schedule that if they win, if they could win both of the games I'm going to say, then they should be in the playoffs. They should They should be in the playoffs. If they could get a big statement win against Calgary tomorrow, that is a huge two points. Huge two points. Huge momentum booster. And say you beat the number one team in the Pacific Division, the Calgary Flames. That's two points that they could just have in their back pocket. The other big game, obviously against the Dallas Stars. That game is probably the biggest for both teams this season. If you could get, and especially if it ends in regulation, if you could get two points without a, the team you're chasing, without allowing your other team to get a point that you're, you know, have this run with, that is just monumental. That is going to solidify. We will know most likely after that game who's in. I, yeah, Joe? that's that's the third to last game of the season. I would say by then it should be pretty figured out, especially if, like, let's say Vegas doesn't really, you know, win these games that they need to. And Dallas does like that game. That game could either mean be meaningless or that could be for the playoff. <laughs> Couldn't agree more. Um, Frank, Colorado overall, some words on them to wrap up the Western Conference. They're a wagon. Every time I watch them, it's like they could go down 1 0, 2 0. Then all of a sudden, at the end of the second period, they're up 3 2. They could be down 3 0 in the third and then they win 4 3 in overtime. It's like they're never out of games and they just. Constantly, constantly, Kadri, McKinnon, Rantanen. Uh, you you name a player on their team, and they're like, it's a guaranteed boost for them. Like, they have so much depth. I think that's why they're so good. Good. And Vin, we talk about how them or Florida could be the number one team, and it goes back and forth. And now they're tied in points. But I think Colorado's got a game in hand. It's just whoever plays Colorado in the first round right now, they're shaking in their boots. They know it's going to be tough. This is a team that maybe one of the best teams of our decade to not, not necessarily what I mean by that is not like the best team we've ever seen in our life. But what I mean is like, they're never out of games. They might be the best at coming back and winning games that we've ever seen because every time, every single time I look at the score, like the score of a game and they're losing the next time I check them, they're winning the game. And I don't understand how they do it. Devils came back and beat them when they were losing three nothing. Joe, your thoughts on the Avalanche? I'm I'm not kidding. That did happen, but that's irrelevant. Yeah, um, it, it seems more than any other team, Frank. You look at that score if they're losing, like throw a live bet on them and still win because they are never out of hockey games, and that it shows with their record as they're, you know, my pick to come away with the President's Trophy. I, I'm pretty sure they. Yeah, they're still tied with Florida. So they're they're my pick, and it's it, it's just like that. They're never out of games. And even Florida, they're never out of games either. It's just that's what it takes to be good. And speaking of Florida, we are going to talk about them and the rest of the Eastern Conference in period number two. Welcome to period two, where we're going to transition from talking about the Western Conference to the Eastern Conference. Joe, Florida's a wagon. You mentioned it. They have the Atlantic in the bag. Yes, they do. Unfortunately, they do. Um, you know, I say unfortunately because it's always nice to be the division champ, but Florida's a wagon. They have been all year long. They've probably been the most consistent team in the entire National Hockey League. 
Vegas or Colorado, they got extremely hot for extremely hot. They went on their massive home game winning streak, which it was also a big in general winning streak as well. Um, what how many games was that at where they just would not lose? Mm-hmm. Um, it seems like Florida, since the opening puck drop, what it was their first game against the Pittsburgh Penguins back in whatever yeah. October against the Pittsburgh Penguins. That was for the love of salmon sandwiches. I believe that's where that was that came from. Yeah. Um They've been the most consistent team in the National Hockey League from goaltending, from defense, whether you got an injury, whether Barkov's out, Ekblad's out, Huberdeau is putting up 100 points. Most consistent team from beginning to end. So the Florida Panthers, they deserve that division title. I think they deserve the President's Trophy. I hope they win it. They were my preseason. They do deserve the President's Trophy. They do deserve the President's Trophy. I picked them to win the Cup in our preseason. I hope they do. I mean, no, I don't hope they do. I want the Bruins to win the Stanley Cup. But they're one of my teams in the playoffs, Florida, just because of my prediction and Sweetness by Jimmy Eat World is one of my all-time favorite songs. Frank, Florida. Yeah, consistency wins games. Consistency equates to success. I talk about all the time how I love when teams can be consistent, and they have been, and that definitely shows in their record. Um, they ran away with the um, Eastern Conference. I mean, that, that there's no doubt about it. You'd have to think um, – with the stigma behind Toronto and how they just struggle at home and they're not the best home team. They're not, I wouldn't even say a good home team in the league. They're not far behind. Uh, I mean, realistically, I mean, yeah, 10 points, it's only five wins, but what there's like more, at least more than five home games this year that Toronto should, should have won or could have won. I mean, they had the stadium or the stadium series against Buffalo. Um, the they played Buffalo the other night and they lost or was that yesterday they lost I mean there's home games they could have won more than five you'd have to think would they be the number one team at the the Atlantic Division um that's a very compelling argument I don't think so just because I think Florida's they've been a little more consistent from the start of the season to right now but it's certainly possible I, I know your feelings about the Leafs at home um I certainly think the Leafs the Leafs are an elite team. There's no doubt about it. And I wrote down here that Tampa Bay, Toronto, Boston, that race is just absolutely incredible. I do in my heart of hearts believe that the Bruins are going to pass the Tampa Bay Lightning and play the Leafs in the first round. And then the Lightning will play Florida in the first round. And that is the one nice thing about the first round with this new alignment, and I know for a fact that that's what Gary Bettman was going for when the realignment was announced. It was so that the playoff rivalries can all get, you know, jump started in the first round and you guarantee significant rivalries in the first round. Well, that is one positive about the current alignment and the current way that the playoffs are. And Gary Bettman would be getting his wish if the Lightning played the Panthers in the first round and if the Bruins played the Maple Leafs in the first round. And I know Joey would probably relish with both of those series. Um, Joe, talk about that race a little bit. Yeah, I I, I hope that the Bruins can pass up the Tampa Bay Lightning. And it, it kind of helps that the Bruins have kind of had Tampa's number, it seems. They they just beat them last uh, Friday, 2-1 to one in an electric game. But it was in overtime. They gave away that point to them. Charlie Coyle won it. And yeah, that's nice, but... When you're in a tight race like this, you want to beat these division opponents in regulation. I think you just mentioned it with Dallas and, and Vegas, how that game needs to end in regulation for either one of those teams to really benefit. Um, 
And I don't know if that was even the only time that they went to overtime against the Tampa Bay Lightning. So, yeah, those games matter. But, I mean, the Tampa Bay Lightning are one of those teams where no matter how they're playing lately, like, they haven't been the most scary team to watch in the past few weeks, at least my, from what I've seen. You know, they lost a big game against Washington. They lost against Boston. They lost one nothing yesterday to Dallas. Um but, you know, in the playoffs, that lineup, you never – like, that's just a scary thing to face. So, the Tampa Bay Lightning will always be the Tampa Bay Lightning back-to-back Stanley Cup champions. Don't want to play them. Toronto Maple Leafs, they are on a new level of scoring. Austin Matthews is – I don't want him to even touch the puck if the Bruins have to play them. Uh, that's going to be inevitable, scary thing. I think the Bruins are able to shut down a guy like that. But I don't know. It's like this is going to be the best round of the playoffs. That's really all I have to say about that. (laughs) Right? Yeah, right now I have Toronto in the number two spot. I wouldn't be surprised if the Bruins ended up passing the Lightning in the standings. Um, Like Joey mentioned, uh, we had a close eye on the game against Tampa Bay. That was a big win, big win for Boston against Tampa Bay. It really surprised me, to be honest with you. Um, It just proves how powerful the Bruins could be in key situations. And I know that was a big game for Boston. Uh, would have been better if they would have won in regulation. But um, each of them have nine games left, so this is going to make it for a great stretch of hockey down the remainder of the season. This is going to be must-watch must hockey. Um, I'm excited to see where the cards fall. I, I haven't looked at Tampa's schedule. I could, I guess I could pull it up now. I know Boston's schedule very well. I pretty much play every team in their, in their division. Tampa Bay's got – a couple games against uh, – they got a game against Detroit, Anaheim. They have to play the Leafs. The Bruins also have to play the Leafs. Uh, two Columbus games. So it's it's pretty on par with the Bruins schedule. In terms of there's some good teams or some bad teams. I'm not looking forward to the last game of the regular season. The Bruins have to play the Leafs. They have to play the Rangers next Saturday. Two games against Pittsburgh. A game against St. Louis again a week from, tem- uh, a week from yesterday. And then a game against Florida. Scary stuff. Scary stuff. Hoping the if the Bruins are able to put together a final, you know, week long stretch, couple week long stretch of success against those top dogs, that's what you want going into the playoffs. Like everything else we've seen before, that game against St. Louis yesterday, game against St. Louis next week might not matter. None of that means jack shit. If you go into the playoffs red hot against these division opponents like the Panthers, like the Leafs, that's what you need going into the playoffs. You want to be a hot, successful hockey club with confidence that you can beat anyone in the league and the atlantic division is probably the best in the nhl at least at the top and it produces it will produce no matter how the cookie crumbles i believe whatever the playoff series is whether it's tampa toronto boston toronto boston florida those will be some of the best series in the first round i'm very much looking forward to it you look over to the other side of the eastern conference to the metropolitan division and honestly the carolina hurricanes are right there with the Florida Panthers and the Colorado Avalanche and the Calgary Flames for like some of the best teams in the NHL. I believe Carolina's wicked good. I believe they can come back in similar fashion, just like Colorado. You know, they're never out of a game. So I really like Carolina's game. But I must say, and I know I have my thoughts on the New York Rangers. We discussed it a little bit already. They will go where their goalie goes. But do not count out the absolute legendary figures that we have seen play in the NHL for the last 20 years. I'm talking about Sidney Crosby. I'm talking about Alexander Ovechkin, Evgeny Malkin, Nicholas Backstrom. The Capitals and Penguins have been 
awesome. The Capitals have been outstanding lately. We all pooped on them and thought they were making the playoffs just because they had to let in an eighth team and there was no way the Islanders or the Blue Jackets were catching them. Well, guess what, friends? If the experience of the Washington Capitals and Ovechkin goes off and Kuznetsov goes off and playoff Oshie arrives and they figure out a way to get good goaltending, that's the biggest key for Washington for me. Um, and they beat Florida in the first round. Oh, the Capitals beat the Panthers in a playoff series? Yeah, that would be surprising based on how this year has gone, but nobody should rule out those veterans, those leaders, those Hall of Famers, those statue-level players that make up the roster of the Pittsburgh Penguins and the Washington Capitals. I, I'm going to pick against one of them probably, and I, I probably will pick Pittsburgh to beat the Rangers, even though the Rangers might win. But even if they lose, I won't feel bad for feeling this way at this current time. Can't count out the legends. They are awesome. Joseph? The Washington Capitals are starting to, you know, really pick it up. I like the way that they play when healthy. TJ Oshie seems to be healthy. Ovechkin. The only question marks I have is some of their their goaltending. It seems like those guys kind of hit or miss. Um, and honestly, I'll just, go, I'll just go ahead and say it. I like Washington right now way better than I like, like Pittsburgh. I don't – I am not impressed by Pittsburgh one bit. They've actually played like dog shit in the past couple weeks. Since their 11-2 to two win against Detroit, they put up 11 goals in one game. They used all their goals. They got none left. They can't, they've been they've not been a very good hockey team, not to mention on Sunday they lose their second-best player. Was that Sunday? Yeah. Against Nashville, they lose Evgeny Malkin now for four games. Missed yesterday. Won't play tomorrow. Then they have – the Fantasy hockey playoffs. What a complete asshole. And then man. they have back-to-back games against Boston. So it's like you just lost your second-best player – in some instances, your first. They're very pros and cons. To, like each player brings their own set of set of success to that team, whether you, whether anyone wants to admit it or not. Crosby and Malkin, they're completely different players that each bring their own unique, uh, you know, helping the team win in their own in their own right. And to not have Malkin now for four games, if they start winning, okay, then I guess the Penguins are just weird. They always just play better when one of those guys aren't in the lineup. But since that eleven to two win. They've lost one, two, three, four, five, six games out of their last eight. Not great for the Pittsburgh Penguins. Look at the Devils' two-game winning streak. Let's go. The Devils and Penguins have been identical in their last time. What does that tell you about how the Pittsburgh Penguins have been playing? Tells me the Devils are sick. Yeah, the Devils are a wagon. (laughs) They're an absolute fucking wagon, Frank. Um, well, here's where I stand on the Washington Capitals. Um, I think they got the second wild card secured. I don't think they're going to move up, and they, they physically can't move down. Um, but I, I just don't see them passing anybody. I think they're just going to stay at that second wild card. Um, and if that's the case and they got to play the Florida Panthers, then I don't see them getting past the first round of the playoffs whatsoever. So I think they're in for a rude awakening. Uh, the Penguins, on the other hand, it looks like they're going to play the New York Rangers in the first round. Um, unless the Hurricanes drop from the number one seed or Washington passes up Pittsburgh, which are two scenarios that I don't really see happening. Um, if those two teams do play each other, though, I'd, I'd give the edge to the New York Rangers just because the way I've seen these two teams play this season, Rangers are the hotter team, and I don't know. I think they would have the edge in the playoff series. I would personally say that I believe it's a lock that the Washington Capitals pass the Pittsburgh Penguins, and we see a Capitals-Rangers first round. That would just be the way something. the way that each team is playing right now, 
the two games at hand that Washington has, the Penguins not having Malkin for the next three games after they just lost one yesterday. I, I think the Capitals are gonna are gonna pass them, and it, it's not gonna be close by the last week of the season. Isn't it crazy though that six regulation wins is the difference between somebody like Joey saying that you're one of the best teams in the NHL to from saying you're like gonna get bounced in the first round with ease? Who about the Caps? No, like the Hurricanes have 48 wins and the Penguins have 42. Six regulation wins is the difference in the NHL from being a middling playoff oh, team a lot I of wish people's brain to being like a President's Trophy type team. The Carolina Hurricanes are a President's Trophy like team. I, they'll probably come in third for it, right? You know, I always consider like the top five teams in the league like President's Trophy type teams. Like the Hurricanes are one of those. And like six regulation wins is the difference for that in a lot of people's opinions. When you just look at the standings, yes. But looking at the way like the Penguins schedule and their past like three weeks of play, it's just not impressive at all. I understand what you're saying. I agree with you. I brought it up. I just think in the playoffs, you can't count out either team. Cause uh, you know, what's crazy though. And you have to keep this in mind. You were no, saying the, the playoffs, same shit about the yeah. Washington Capitals three weeks ago. All oh, of a yeah. sudden Jari, Jari starts feeling like an all-star again. Sid starts scoring. Malkin comes back. And he's pissed off about his suspension, so he goes off. You know, the flips, the scripts could be flipped a week from now. And that's why when you have champions on your team like that, I just say never count them out. Even if you don't pick them, you know, you're not going to pick Washington to beat the Rangers. You're not going to pick Washington to beat the Panthers when you make your little playoff bracket in three weeks. You're not. I'm not. But you can't be naive to the fact that it's possible. It's happened before. Look at the Hawks. I thought the Hawks were going to get smoked by Anaheim in 2015 in the conference finals. I thought Anaheim was going to sweep them. But then you start to see Taves do what Taves does in the playoffs. And, you know, Brandon Saad was unreal that year in the playoffs. That's where he became the man child. Like, you know, sometimes these teams, these veterans with Hall of Famers on it, they figure out ways. I'm not saying that's going to happen this year. I'm not. But like five years from now when Tampa's in Washington spot, and they're hanging on to a second wild card spot by the skin of their teeth. And you're like, oh, but Tampa, you know, Kucherov, Stamkos, they've won a couple cups all those years ago. You know, they have the experience. Hedman is still there. Like, you know, we're, we're going to be saying the same thing about these teams all these years later. So, you know, just never count out teams with the legends on them as other team, as teams with future legends try to make their impact in the NHL like Florida, you know, like Carolina. So the only important races in the Eastern Conference are the final eight, eight teams. The ninth place team and lower are decided. It is going to, and it's not clinched, but all logic points that with two weeks left, the final eight teams above the playoff line are currently above the playoff line. Talking about the Florida Panthers, Tampa Bay Lightning, Toronto Maple Leafs, Boston Bruins, Carolina Hurricanes, New York Rangers, Pittsburgh Penguins, Washington Capitals. The New York Islanders sit at ninth, and the Columbus Blue Jackets sit at 10th. And even though the Islanders have been so hot lately, it is too little too late for them. They're 13 games to start the season on the road because of the finishing of their rink really kind of hurt them, and they set them off the wrong way, and they really didn't start to get it together till the calendar year flipped, and it was already way too little, way too late. Uh, I believe the Islanders will be a playoff team next year because they're not going to have to deal with any of this stuff. That's my hottest take of the season probably. But, you know, I think the Islanders will get right back there next year, and they could even be like a – they've been in the conference finals, what, two years in a row now? This is going to break that that streak for them. 
So, you know, what do you guys think about that? Do you like that? Like, Joe, I know you're a Bruins fan. You're happy that your team was virtually clinched since January, even though you don't know what seed they're going to be in. As a hockey fan, though, kind of sucks. I like what's going on in the West a lot more. I even wish the West had a couple more teams involved. Um, yes and no. I would be saying yes. You you pretty much nailed it by saying, like, I know your team is like, it's nice that my team is clinched. And that's pretty much what, what I'm going to just go off of. I like that not having to worry about it with my team. I'm happy it's going on in the Western Conference and I get to enjoy it from over here in the East. But um, yeah, I'm I'm completely okay with it in the way that the the Eastern Conference is laid out because I don't have a worry with these last three weeks of the regular season. Like I'm going to watch my team play in the playoffs. Yeah, they haven't technically clinched. That would have happened with a regulation win yesterday against St. Louis, but it didn't happen. So I now I just got to wait either another game or another game. It's it's going to happen. Like the Bruins are going to play some playoff hockey. It's just a matter of where they're gonna who they're gonna match up against. But I did not know it, that they need they two would've... points. Their magic numbers too. Something like that. That's what Jack said. He said that they'll clinch, but I don't know. I also really don't care. <laughs> Frank? They're going to play playoff hockey. Yeah, you know, I like what's going on in the West better. It makes it more competitive. It's kind of crazy to think, like, virtually the East was decided with 20 games or so, 20, 25 games or so left in the regular season. We talked about it weeks ago, how the, the team eight teams in the East were the eight teams that were going to make the playoffs. That means, like, for 25 to 30% of the bottom teams from nine through the bottom, 25 to 30% of their season was, like, for nothing. Like, you guys were playing for nothing. They were exhibition games for them, which when you're playing, when you have that mindset, like, oh, or we're out of it, we're not going to – they're not going to play at their 100% capacity. And I personally, and I think a lot more people, enjoy the competitiveness that the Western Conference will bring, like – you have that feeling. Who's going to make that last spot? Who's going to get that last spot? It makes for great hockey. It makes it, you know, it, you, they're more important games. Like you got to watch Vegas's games. They got a lot more key games. They used to be competitive, but ultimately this is the reason why the NBA plan was invented to keep teams from seven, eight, nine, and 10 engaged in it. So if you're in the 10th spot, you could keep fighting. You could play at your best. You still have a chance to get in the playoffs. And I just I don't like it that it's already settled. It makes the East kind of boring to watch. I mean, you're still going to have the the race, the top eight race in the East. Um, that's still going to be fun to watch. Like who's going to land where? But it, it to me, it's more fun when you could say, "Oh, I got to watch this team. This team could be eliminated tonight with the loss, or they can make the playoffs with the win." To me, that's just more entertaining. It absolutely is. You know how we always say at Thanksgiving, what seventy eight percent chance. Do you guys want to hear the Thanksgiving standings from 2021-22? Probably exactly what they are right now. There is one team in the Eastern Conference that was not in a playoff spot on Thanksgiving 2021 that currently is right now. Got to be Penguins? the Rangers. Go ahead, Frank. Penguins? You are both wrong. It was your Boston Bruins. Oh, <laughs> the Boston Bruins on Thanksgiving Day were 16, 10, and six and trailed Columbus by two points. That's right. The yeah, Pittsburgh I mean, they started off their first half. Washington Capitals, Carolina Hurricanes, Tampa Bay Lightning, Toronto Maple Leafs, and Florida Panthers were in the exact same spots, except Washington, New York was flipped. Pittsburgh's up in the division now instead of a wild card. The, listen, I've said it. I said it last week. 
very seriously. The first half of the season for the Bruins was nothing to write home about. That's why I hate that stat at Thanksgiving. Doesn't bother me one bit. It's accurate, though, in the East. It's 100% spot on. It was wrong for my team. 11 out of 12. 11 out of 12. Here's where things are funny, though. The Devils, two points out. They have... They have the same number of points as the Bruins on Thanksgiving. They were 17 – or, sorry, they were 8, 5, and 4, 20 points. Well, something crazy, I mean, yeah. though. The Wings had 21 games played. All the rest of the teams had 16 or 17. Uh, COVID, COVID Omnicron was a wild time. You want to hear about the, the Western Conference? Yeah. There are two teams – that occupied a playoff spot on Thanksgiving Day that no longer do right now. The Vegas Golden Knights and the Anaheim Ducks? They were the two teams in a playoff spot on opening day on Thanksgiving. What teams were not that are now is the better. The Los, the Los Angeles the Kings Dallas Stars. and the Dallas Stars. Oh, I'm sorry. There are three. There are three. <laughs> is it the Sharks? Excuse were the sharks me. in a playoff no, spot? No, it was not the sharks. Season? Winnipeg also was. Okay. So, so the- Nashville, Los Angeles, and Dallas were the three okay. below the line on Thanksgiving. Makes so sense. Give, give Those or are take the three the lowest of sixteen playoff spots. But um, that's why I don't like that enough. step. What, but Joe, what's twelve divided by sixteen? Seventy-five percent. It's the stat is spot on. I'm sorry to tell you. It's it spot on your team. I, it's it, spot on for those bottom teams. That's what I that's what I argue about that stat. That stat is is a, is plausible, applicable, is applicable for the bottom teams at, in the playoff spots around Thanksgiving time. That stat means absolutely nothing to the top dogs of the league or the bottom dogs of the league come Thanksgiving time. That's why I hate that stat. It means nothing to pretty much 66% of the league. I don't know if I agree with that. Dallas was close to the bottom of the Western. Okay, think of all the teams that that stat didn't mean jack shit to. Um, It meant something to... One, it basically the Hawks and lower are the only teams. Chicago, Vancouver, Seattle, Arizona were out by Thanksgiving. Everybody else had a chance. And in the East, um, Buffalo, the Islanders, Montreal, and Ottawa. So seven of the 32 teams, that's that wasn't applicable to. Those were the only teams that were dead on Thanksgiving. It, it it's pretty spot on math wise. I see what you're saying, though. I understand what you're saying. Yeah, it's hard to explain how I, exactly. I get what you're saying. If you're two points out and you know your team's elite, the stat is trash. Basically, is what you're saying. Kind of. Or you like, know, you know, the Bruins are really, really good. So on Thanksgiving, when they were out by two points because of their dog shit start and Pasternak wasn't scoring at first to start the season, well, didn't he start off kind of slow? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like you know that stuff will correct itself and water levels out. I understand what you're saying a lot. Or like even the opposite way. Like how long did it take for Florida and Carolina to each lose their first game? You mean to tell me that they those teams at, come Thanksgiving only had a had a 70% chance to make it or some whatever the stat is? Like those teams yeah. are going to make the playoffs. That's why I don't like that stat. 
I understand. Well, it's yeah, okay. So I see what you're saying. It's not a 75% chance for them. It's higher. Exactly. Yes. Carolina was 14, 3 and 1 on Thanksgiving. Florida was 14, 2 and 3. Shit. Yeah. The Devils only have like 20 more points right now than Florida did on freaking Thanksgiving. <laughs> um Period number three is going to come up here, and we're going to talk about some of the great stories going on across the NHL. So if there's something in the hockey world, whether it's your local beer league or you know anything like that that you want to share with the crowd, put it in the chat right now, and we'll put it up on the screen and talk about it. Of course, we will get all that in the aforementioned period number three. Welcome to period three, where we can talk about whatever the hell we want. I'll start off with Alexander Ovechkin. Alexander Ovechkin continues to score goals. He will pass 50. He will not win the Rocket Richard because the Rocket Richard going forward pretty much belongs, in my opinion, to Austin Matthews. I think Leon Dreisaitl, David Posternock, Jack Hughes, Nathan McKinnon, all these top players around the league will give him a run for their money every now and then. Like we saw Stamkos win it one time. St. Louis won it one year. I think, I think even Crosby has won it twice in the Ovechkin era. Ovechkin didn't win it every single time, but he won it like eight out of his 12 years. I think that's what it's going to be like for Matthews. He'll win it like eight out of his 12 next 12 years, something like that. Every now and then there'll be a one-off or an injury or something like that. But right now Ovechkin's still elite. He's going to pop 50 again. If he averages 28 goals over the next four seasons, he will break Wayne Gretzky's all-time goal record. You figure there's at least one more 40-burger in there, which meaning after that he'd only have to average like 20 the rest of the way, play until he's 40 years old. I think it's a lock if he's healthy at this point now that he got to 50 this year. If he gets to 50 next year, then it's like really game over. I think he'll play using a cane if he has to to break the freaking thing. Um I just love seeing him score. What does each goal of his mean to you, Frank? Yeah, I mean, he's he's getting close. And the other night he scored an empty net. And even on the empty net goal, they're like, all right, that's just one closer to break mm-hmm. in. Every goal now. Yeah, there was I like mean, one second left, too. Yeah. Yep. Every I goal mean, now. If people think of the great one every single time now. I mean, if he broke the record, it would suck if he did it on an empty net goal. But I think in his mindset, he wouldn't want it to be on an empty net goal. I, don't, I agree. I he agree. would make it a point that he wants to score a natural goal. I mean, it's got to be a power wow. play goal from the office, right? It, it could, <laughs> it really, that, that's what be, I picture in my head. It's got to be assisted by Backstrom, too. <laughs> that, that's what I mean. That's what I'm thinking. But yeah. literally... Each year that goes on, it gets harder and harder. I mean, even though, I mean, he's the great one, or not, he's the great eight, but um, it's just, it's, it's hard. You gotta, it takes one injury, one injury, and he's done. I hate to say that. It could take one scary thing to happen, and it's negative done. Nelly over here. I, I mean, it's just, I'm not negative Nelly, I'm a realist. That it, could happen to everyone, though. it could, but that's why it's like, it could happen to anyone. But that's why, to me, it's not a guarantee because stuff like that are just getting old in your body. I'm just telling you, it's to me, it's more likely that it doesn't because of stuff like that. He All it takes is one bad season, and then you, you start chasing. What if for some reason Ovechkin got 20 goals next year? Yeah, you're chasing now. Now it's like you got to – now the next year when you get a year older, now you got to overperform even more. It's, it's just – it's hard to do. It's, Frank, it's very hard. already chasing. He he's fifty goals behind his typical pace because of COVID. Yeah, but he already he but he scored what fifty goals this year. But that's yeah. not chasing. I mean, if he has, but I mean, if he but you're not chasing if you have more goals in a season that you're projected. 
I'm saying if he underperforms in a season and he gets 20 goals, he's not projected 20 goals next year. He's probably projected what? What would you say? You're expecting him to get at least 40. You're talking about a 50 bomb. I but think a 50 bomb is possible. But if he I gets. Think- but averaging 28 a year over the next four, meaning one year he could get 35, one year right. he could get 25, that averages to 30. But I'm saying next year, if he gets 20, that's underperforming. The next year you have to score the eight you miss because you're you're basing it off a 28-goal average. The eight you miss, now he has to score 36 the next year to keep that pace. Say he gets 25, then you got to add 13, and then now you got to score like – 40 something in the next year. It just, it's, it's hard to do. I'm not saying he's not going to do it. It's just, I'm just saying, I think there's a better chance that it doesn't happen from all the X factors. Joe. Frank makes a great point. Like he needs to be better than the pace that you, that you've set up for him. With. It's, it's just you statistics. Score, you don't think he could score 28 goals over the next four years? Oh, what if he doesn't? He's got 50. He's going to have 50 now. No, I, I, I think, I think he will. Listen, he I'm, then he doesn't I'm break the record. See, of course. I'm just trying to see it from both, both perspectives. I think he could do it in probably two and a half seasons. <laughs> I don't think he's going to, I think he's going to score 50 next year. Maybe I'll be happy with 40. He has no him. reason not to. Has he slowed down at all this well, year? And that's, that's the thing that I think makes it so obvious that he's going to break it. As long as he doesn't like have a catastrophic injury, like to his eyeball or something like that, or his head that like keeps But if he like snaps his leg in January next year and he's out until October, I don't see that as uh, just ending his chance to break Gretzky's record. I don't because think of the way he scores goals. He stands there on the power play. It's not like, it's not no, like but McDavid. I think that would affect McDavid's him. not going to age as gracefully so, as Ovechkin does. So you say if he snapped his leg and he no, ended he, he'd the year be done. with, he would with not 15 do it. goals, you would have to score over 40 the next year, which is He's even not harder to have do. 15 goals. Let's but say he, if, if, if he had a season, leg, if he snapped words. his leg and have not, not only would that affect like his, it would affect his I'm play. Telling okay, but it would that would 100 percent affect his long his longevity in the NHL. If he were to snap his leg at this age and half, like Steven Samko style, 35. he ain't play. He yeah, if he were to snap his leg like that, he ain't play until forty. I don't agree. How do you do? You have any idea like how, what that would what that rehab would be like? Uh, uh, yes. Okay. If he had like a serious injury, that that would take out a lot of players then. Yeah, but I think like he's not gonna he's not gonna continue to play into old into old age. He just for that record. record. I he's know going he for it. He's going I know. for it. He'll play till he, he has to, he he'll has play to stay healthy. 50. He has it, to stay it healthy. Health is, plays he has to stay game. mostly healthy. I never refuted that. He can't get hurt like that every year for the next four years. But he, I think he one has, injury, he's done. I don't. He's not 40. He's 35. Doesn't matter. 36. One year in the NHL is a long time. Parisi had back surgery at 34. Back surgery. He was out for the year. He's putting up 15-20 now. He's not Ovechkin. Okay, and if Ovechkin puts up 15-20. But Ovechkin and Zach are two totally different talents. I know, but it's just you look at some of these guys who've had injuries over the years. and He's going to age gracefully. He's going to age. He doesn't rely on his skating for goals at all. That That's why Yager was so good in his 40s. Because Yager, yeah, he was slow. But he had a long stick and his shot was still very good. That's why Jumbo's still able to play because he doesn't rely on his passing anymore. You know? But each year takes a toll on you. Even though it's only one year, it's just, oh, I'm just 36 now. That could play a huge factor. I understand what For you're anybody. Saying. Not only do I think Govechkin is going to score 
I, I think it gets closer to a thousand. I think the real pay, the real like question here is whether or not he's going to reach a thousand goals, not break Gretzky's record. I'm dead serious. And I think Matthews is going to break Ovechkin's record one day. I love I'm records. saying that he won't break it. That's my pick. I'm staying with it. Joe, you? I think he breaks it easily. How far can Matthews take it this season? 60. He'll score 60 plus. Well, he's got 58. I got somewhere between 60, 60 and 65. 60 to 65, um, 110 points I give him. He's 11 points out of the 110 mark. Give him 60 to 65, 110 points. Does that win him the Hart Trophy, Frank? Could. Joe, what are your thoughts? I'm sticking with Huberto. What did I? What did I say, Huberto, last week? Um, I think I said Matthews last week, right? I think I said Huberto last week, and I told I you think, I might flip. Yeah, I, 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 I still think I flipped. <laughs> I, uh, I still think it's Matthews, hands down. <laughs> Matthews, freaking! I didn't know he would have what three in two straight games. Yeah, that I think he's gonna. Party, he scored two. What is he? he's at fifty eight now, right? I mean, he scores 68, 63 goals and has one hundred and fifteen points on the fifth best team in the NHL. There's your Hart Trophy winner for me. Even if he doesn't win it, I will still say he's my Hart Trophy. Like that's who I would have voted for if I had a vote. That's and who I've I always said. For. It's my goal in my life to have a vote for the Hart Trophy. Like. I believe that's something I can attain. Whether or not I get there remains to be seen, but I want to vote for the Hart Trophy. That is my number one goal in life in terms of this business. I want to be able to check somebody's name for the Hart Trophy. And Matthews currently has 58 goals with how many Leaf games are left? They have nine games left. So you figure he scores in half of them. We'll say he scores in half of the, We'll say he scores in four out of the nine, and one of the two he gets two. So he's got six more goals coming his way maybe. 64 goals, 65 goals. I mean, kid's unreal. He's absolutely unreal. Um, he could be in that 700-goal mix if he stays mostly healthy. Predicting him to break Ovechkin's record at when I truly think Ovechkin's going to get close to 1,000, that's tough. That's tough. It depends for me whether or not my Matthews projection will include that based on how many OV ends with. But, you know, we're lucky that we got to see both of them. There's no doubt about that. Um, did you guys see pictures from the Arizona Coyotes game last night? Mm-mm. Pictures from it now. They had nobody in the stands. And when I, I don't say that, like, you know how they, uh, people used to chirp the White Sox for, like, only having 15,000 people on a Tuesday night. Like, and at a field like Guaranteed Rate Field, it's obvious when there's only, like, 15,000 people just because it's a lot more spread out. The Arizona Coyotes, I don't even know what their final attendance numbers. It legitimately looked like there was 500 people or less inside the rink. I mean, and they are playing next season at a new rink at Arizona State. And that rink holds like 3,000 people or less. And so the Coyotes are going to be playing at a college stadium next year. I want to hear from you two what you think of that, and would you like to go to a game there next year? Because I do think it would be very intimate in terms of being right on top of the game. Frank, I'll start with you. Um, I'm not a fan of the whole thing. I think 5,000 is way too low, especially for an NHL game. It's, it's kind of like more of an embarrassing thing. That yeah, you're stuck like here. 
Yeah, like you're kind of stuck here in the stadium. And actually, I, I did some digging. I went on to the ASU website. And I went to their Frequently Asked Questions uh, page. And one of the things that was about holding fans for the Arizona Coyotes at 5,000, and even they admit, and they stated that that's far well below than an NHL team needs. But the Coyotes appear to be okay with it because they agreed to this to be there for the next three seasons. I mean, that, that to me, if you're agreeing – to have that much of a cut in fans, like just something's messed up in the organization. That's just weird to me. Like if I was the owner of the Coyotes, I don't think I would ever agree to that just because you're, you're going to lose a lot of revenue. I'm not saying they're getting a lot of revenue anyway. People aren't going to the games, but that's not a way to fix it. There, there's no way for their future to grow and their fan base to grow if you're, you're housing 5,000 fans. I, I just don't like it personally. Well, there's escrow and revenue sharing around the NHL. So whatever the Leafs or Bruins or Habs do to – you know, make up for that loss as far as a league, they help pay for the Coyotes. That's kind of what's collectively bargained. And that's across all third, every sport, basically. Like the Rays not bringing in as much money, that impacts their roster, of course. They have to develop and trade better than everybody else in order to be good. But in order to fund their team, they get help from the Yankees and the Red Sox and the Dodgers and the Cubs and, you know, the rich teams, you know. Um, but, you know, I think of Moneyball. There's rich teams, there's poor teams, then there's 50 feet of crap, and then there's us. That's the Coyotes. And I saw they're renovating it. They're going to make a nice practice facility. It's going to be really nice for the college players that play at ASU because it's a very grow. It's a growing program on the western side of our country. But seeing the Coyotes play there, it's just going to be weird. Like mm -hmm. if they don't sell that out when they're not playing the Leafs. Golden Knights, Bruins, or Hawks, that's going to be a very bad look for the NHL. Now, Joe, I know if me and you were attending ASU and we were roommates and it was Friday night and the Yotes were in home playing the freaking, I don't know, the Dallas Stars or name a random Central Division team that they're likely playing against, we're going. That That's our first thing of the night before we go out and party. So, you know, from that aspect, it might fill up, like kids last minute going – but for an NHL team, bad luck, Joe. Yeah, I think I think it will fill like actually a lot, which if they're not filling up, if they're not even selling 5,000 tickets right now in their big stadium, like I just saw, right after you mentioned, I just looked at some pictures from the Devils game, the Coyotes-Devils game. Yeah, it was pretty bare. Um, but I guess being on that college campus, they probably will sell tickets. Like, you know, it's something to do for these kids. So I think they're not going to have an issue, like not necessarily maybe selling out 5,000. But I think of the other teams, like when the Boston Bruins or the Chicago Blackhawks or the Pittsburgh Penguins, like you're going to have you're going to have these Hall of Fame players come and play these these NHL games at a college stadium. Like, I don't know that. So that's just where it gets weird for me. Like, it's embarrassing for the NHL as a league. It's different than football. If Ford Field blew up tomorrow and they needed to play Lions games at Michigan, no one would care because well, Michigan Michigan's nicer than mo than half of the NFL stadium. Exactly. Or if the Bengals or the Browns had to play at Buckeye Stadium in Columbus, like nobody would complain. The Bears had to play in Champaign. Like, yeah, it sucked having the Bears three hours south from Chicago, but they were at least able to play in a nice football stadium. It's not like that in hockey. There's no rink that's comparable to a United Center, a TD Garden, a Prudential Center, you know, whatever you may have. 
So yeah, it, it sucks. They were the reason I even thought of it to write it down was because it was the Devils playing there last night, and Steve Cangelosi and Ken Danico had a nice conversation about how this is going to be their last time coming to Glendale, and Dano's really excited to see what it's going to be like down there when they go next year when the Devils make their one visit. I'd like to make a visit. I want to yeah. see what it's all about. But like, here's what I, I just thought is put this into perspective. Like you got, we just talked about Ovechkin. You got a hall of fame, sure shot, first ballot, unanimous hall of fame hockey player. Alex Ovechkin might be the world's greatest goal scorer to ever play hockey. Whether he breaks Gretzky's goal record or not, I would yes. say. Yes. Okay. You got this guy. Let's he just played a phenomenal game against the New York Rangers at an iconic Madison square garden. Two days later, he goes to a college stadium and plays the Arizona Coyotes. It's just like this is the same league, and you have to like like it's just a weird thing that a it's Hall weird. of Fame great player is going to be playing at a college stadium in front of five thousand people when two nights ago he was at a sold out Madison Square Garden. It just yeah, felt so like Michael weird. Michael Jordan made the sweet dunk to beat the yeah. Knicks. Like yeah, that's just absolutely banana lands. But it is what it is. Frank, I will ask you. What is your favorite current hockey storyline right now? Uh, this one is near and dear to my heart. Tomorrow night, the Chicago Blackhawks will play the San Jose Sharks, and they will honor Pat Foley as this will, he will be signing off after 39 years for broadcasting. Um, it, it's sad for me. I love Pat Foley. I, I believe that announcers truly make the sport better. Um, when a team's announcer is good, it makes the game more enjoyable to watch. I think that's why we all love Doc Emmerich so much because it was just so much fun to watch his calls, hit the post with the shot, uh, just all those all those announcements that he that he does throughout the game. And Pat Foley, I love the way he tells it how it is. Um, this man was inducted into the Chicago Land Sports Hall of Fame in 2002. He made the Hockey Hall of Fame in 2014. He's won five Emmy Awards for his broadcasting talent. I mean, we're literally witnessing a legendary broadcaster come to come to the end and is announcing his final game. And I encourage everybody to tune in and watch it. It's it's going to be emotional. It's going to be a great time. Joseph, yeah, that's great, Frank. You're you're spot on with announcers making the game. I know the relationship. Like I call it a relationship because I watch Jack and Brick every game. It's like I don't even want to think about the day I have to say goodbye to them. And and so I could imagine like the emotion that you're going to be feeling tomorrow with Pat Foley because it was even a little emotional on Saturday with with that or Sunday with that Dallas game. You know. He, he did the the final few minutes of that game with um, Dale, Dale Talon, yeah. And so that was pretty cool. I didn't even know Dale Talon was a broadcaster with the Blackhawks. They're you great know. together. They're yeah, I just I just knew I him for it. a bunch of other you know stuff. Um, but yeah, that was really cool to see. So yeah, I, I understand completely. That's a great great story. And I actually didn't know tomorrow was like the is tomorrow the final game for Pat. Yeah, like, that's it. Oh yeah, I, did, I actually didn't know that that was like the final game. So that's really cool. Um, for me. I'm not a huge college hockey fan, but there's been some college hockey signings. Uh, Owen Power coming out of Michigan. I took yours. Yeah, I don't care, and, though. Go for it. I got another one. Owen Power coming out of Michigan, seeing him in that Buffalo jersey is pretty cool. You know, could be very well be a future NHL defenseman in this league. And then uh, as well as Matt Beneers, you know, it was Seattle Kraken. I've posted some cool stuff about him. So two big Michigan guys still waiting on one more of them to sign their entry-level deal. So. Yeah. Two, two, two well, more. The, I know you probably one. don't. You probably don't know as much about the other one, but that was going to be mine. The college hockey kids. I love college hockey. I don't watch it quite as much because you know I got baseball and hockey 
NHL that I'm dealing with right now with work-related stuff. But, you know, I definitely follow very much. I get notifications for every Michigan, North Dakota, BU, and BC game game right to my phone. Every goal scored by any of those teams, I get the notifications. So I'm fully invested in it. Uh, I will watch the Frozen Four for sure. The Frozen Four already ended. But um, they just repainted the ice. Yeah. Looks so good. it's going to be interesting to see. I love Ben Years. I think he's going to be a great player for the Kraken for a long time. And I'm excited about Owen Power playing for the Buffalo Sabres. I saw him take his solo lap yesterday. Luke Hughes will return to Michigan next year. He will be their best player. It won't even be close. Um, he was arguably their best player this year. I mean, he's a freshman nominated for the Hobie Baker Award, which is like the Heisman Trophy for college hockey. Um, Luke Hughes will play for the Devils at some point, probably in April or May of next year, depending on playoffs and how the team does. It'll be similar to Ben Years and Power this year. Um, Kent Johnson also goes to Michigan. He was drafted fifth overall by the Columbus Blue Jackets last draft season. So I'm excited about all these guys. That was my pick, but I don't mind both of us giving college hockey a little bit to love. Um, Since I just – so I don't just straight up copy. I also throw in just all the playoff races around the NHL. I mean, the Blues and the Wild are going to have an outstanding finish to the season to see who gets home ice. And then they'll play a seven-game series against one another, and it's just going to be glorious to watch You know, as, as it progresses. you got the teams in the Pacific Division, um, the Kings, the Oilers. It'll be interesting to see if Vegas can sneak their way in. Of course, the Metropolitan with some legendary players involved, like the Pittsburgh Penguins with Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin, Washington with Alexander Ovechkin, Nicholas Backstrom. The Atlantic Division is just so sweet at the top. It's probably going to be the cream of the crop in terms of playoff matchups this year. I'm excited about it. So, you know, good stuff coming to the NHL world this year. Um, there was one other thing. Oh, I wanted to breaking news this kind of stinks for um frank you'll get a kick out of this this kind of stinks for some fantasy hockey players um tonight's game between the winnipeg jets and the seattle kraken has been canceled due to inclement weather so that stinks for anybody who has kyle connor on their fantasy team and it's really good for somebody who's playing against kyle connor and josh morrissey um, you know, fantasy hockey playoffs, they're fun. It's fun to give a no little. No one cares chance. about fantasy hockey playoffs. Yeah, Joey doesn't care. You remember in the beginning of the season when he was flaunting the trophy? Right. I'm he taking it all anyway, so. He knows he's passing that trophy to one of James Mueller, Frank Mueller, Vinny Parisi, or Nick Boss. Shout out to those four people, those four fine gentlemen, including myself. One of them will be taking that trophy home. I'm um, excited to see what comes of it, you know. Shout out to our fantasy hockey league. Um, what are we, eight years in? When was the first season? I don't know. Let me count my championships. Hold on. Shut the f- Nobody cares about fantasy hockey, remember? <laughs> you absolute pigeon. I've won it four times in eight years. Four times in seven seasons. This is the eighth. Good. Solid 50%. Are you going to feel threatened if one of me or Frankie win it? Not as slightly. Well, you should. Because me and Frankie are coming for that ass. I also, I also it, had a 17-2-2 two two record when COVID hit, and I never was awarded that championship. Because you so didn't win. It, it could be four, um, four and a half. Like you didn't win it. You didn't win it. Um, four and a half, and there's an asterisk next to the half. Yeah, no, you didn't win it. Um, you should be rooting for one of Nick Boss or Uncle Jimmy, though, I would say. because uh, I like, mean, listen. Or is, is somebody other than one of the big four going to win ever? 
I don't care who wins it in the, the league. Rest of the league. It's a bad I, look I don't, for the rest of the league. I don't <laughs> like. It would take. Yourself. Think about it. It would take three years for someone to catch me without or, me winning it. No, two. If me and Frankie play each other in the championship, two. Yeah, if you win it. Yeah, okay. This is one of those years knocked out though. Check that year. Um, I like when new people win it. I'm not going to necessarily root against you. You know, you're my brother. It's nice to keep it in the house. I get to look at it and be like, hey, that was mine four times. Um, Frank, obviously, you know, you too. I think Uncle Jimmy deserves it. For either of us. Uncle Jimmy deserves it this Nobody year more than it. Uncle Jimmy deserves That's it. He's got the best team. Works. Give the He's cup got the... to Florida then. Give the cup to Florida then right now. Just give it to him. That's that's not how that's not how that works. Okay. Fantasy hockey is a little different. He has the best team. Not oh, saying that his team God. is going to win. Uncle Jimmy, when I look at his team, shout out Babu if you're watching. I hope you are. He, he has the best team. I look at his team. Guess what? This one's the best. It's it's fantasy hockey. It's simple. There's a reason he is where he is. There's a reason he had the buy clinch like seven weeks ago. <laughs> So you're making me root for Babu. Go Babu. <laughs> I'm rooting for Babu if he beats me. There's no doubt. There's no oh, yeah. doubt. I like Nick. You know what, though? Here's the thing, though. We have a nice Final Four. It's it a, a nice final. final Four. It is a good Final Four. It's a good Final There's no there's no trash talkers in the Final I'm probably the closest thing a to a too, trash a talker. too friendly. I'm probably the closest thing to a trash talker in the Final Four, and I never talk trash. In my subtle comments throughout this show are like the closest I get to trash talking. And so if I'm the worst trash talker left playing, it's a very nice final four. So it's going to a nice guy this year. It's not going to an asshole like you or Jeremy or Dylan. It's about time. My fingerprints are getting all over. It's a little too. Someone's got to clean up. <laughs> so, you know, that's what we got for bar down today. Of course, but before we get out of here, there's something we got to get to every single week, no matter what. It is America's favorite podcast segment, Breaking Bets. Where's my money, bitch? Welcome to Breaking Bets. As Jesse Pinkman astutely headed us in that direction. Frank, where's my money, bitch? How you doing? You want me to go first? Take it away, Frank. I'm confident that you're not going to steal my hockey pick. That's what Frank, where's my money, bitch? I don't think I am either, but I went way off the radar, something I never do. Uh oh. I mean, you know what I've been doing a lot lately, so I don't think you'll know you'll take it unless I don't think I don't think I'm going to take it either. But if I do, I went out of my comfort zone here. Um, Is it something I've been doing a lot of lately? You have done it in the past. Like a lot? Like recent? Because I there's a certain bet I've been doing a lot. about hockey? Yeah. There's a certain bet oh, I've been doing. I don't, you, no, I don't think so. Okay, no. hey, just go ahead. Go ahead. No. I don't normally do spreads. But I like the Colorado Avalanche tonight. Minus a goal and a half against the Los Angeles Kings. Now listen, Kings have been playing well. Right, There's nothing to take away from the Kings. However, Cal Peterson will probably be in net because Quick played last night. And while Cal Peterson's been good this season, I don't know if he could contain Colorado in the Mile High City. I just don't see it happening. I think Colorado could win by multiple goals or even snag an empty net at the end of the game to cover the one and a half. That's where I like it. It's minus 101. Great value there. You're almost getting it at even odds. Um, so I love the minus one and a half. 
baseball's tonight. Baseball's been hot, kicked off the baseball season last week. It's been a lot of fun. Milwaukee Brewers are going to play the Baltimore Orioles. I don't normally do this too often, but I really liked it. It felt like the right thing to do. Corbin Burns is on the mounds against John Means. I like there not to be a score in the first inning. I think this is a trap. I think people are, you know, they're saying like, oh, the, the Brewers are going to hit dongs off the Baltimore Orioles because the Orioles, awesome. Orioles stink. John Means is great, and Corbin oh, Burns is great. And you, could get, for him. and you could get no score in the first inning at minus 134. I thought that was a very, very reasonable price. I don't think the Orioles are going to be able to hit off Burns, let alone – score many runs, if any runs at all. And I think that the Orioles pitching and John Means could hold off the Brewers for one inning. It's 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 not easy to do to score in the first inning. So I love there not to be a run in the first inning. Um, that's my second pick. I'm going to close it out with the NBA play-in. It's been so much fun to watch. There were two games yesterday. Oh, my God. It's just – it is electric. Interesting fact for you guys. I don't know if you knew this, but the play-in games, like it's own – they're not counting it as the playoffs. If you score 50 in the play-in game, it doesn't go towards your career playoff record. Like, it's just – those points just don't matter to your – they're, like, in its own category for, like, playing. I thought that was weird because you're playing after the regular season ends. To me, it should be counted as playoff. But anyway, that's my little rant. I love the Spurs tonight. They're getting five and a half against the Pelicans. This is a nine and ten seed game. Winner out, loser has to play the Clip. no. Yeah, the Clippers, the West. Have to play the Clippers – uh, tomorrow to see who gets into the playoffs. Spurs are getting five and a half. I think that's too much against the Pelicans. De- DeJounte Murray is back for the Spurs. One of their top guys. He's, he's a great athlete. On top of the Spurs winning both previous meetings against the Pelicans this year. Now you're getting one of your top guys back and five and a half when you own the sweep record over the regular season. I just don't think they should be getting five and a half, especially in a play-in type game where it should be close. I think they could keep it close or even win. Take the five and a half at minus 110. It's worth it. There you go. Very good. Very good. For the first week in a long time, Joey's pick was not stolen. Yeah, it was not stolen. Um, you probably, I got, Ricky probably picked his first. If I know, if I know the research for this show level, I'm fairly certain it's probably you more stealing from Frankie. But. Well, it's I, know what, I know what he's going to say. Us coming up with some similar stuff. Anyway, no, I know. His, his pick rhymes with bots. Yeah. <laughs> I've been betting shots on goal a lot lately. And tonight, different game than what Frankie was talking about. The New York Rangers are in Philadelphia. The over-under for shots on goal by the New York Rangers is 29 and a half. So you better believe. We never take the under on shots on goal. I never want to be mad when a team shoots the puck. So you smash the over on that. 29 and a half shots. Uh, they've hit 30. Sh- so I need them to hit 30 shots. They did it last night. They did it on Saturday night against Ottawa. The last time they played Philadelphia, they put up 46 shots on goal. They're playing Philly tonight. New York Rangers are hitting 30 tonight. Minus 112. I like that. Okay. Next thing. Only another game. One other game. I don't even know if this game is going to happen. Vin, you're going to have to help me out with this. The Chicago White Sox, Dallas Keiko looking for a bounce back year. I like the White Sox tonight. Any the White Sox at home with value, like minus 118. I like the White Sox money line, but okay. Sketchy about Dallas Keuchel. He's sketchy about if the game's going to happen. Aside from that, not parlayed, but these two are parlayed together, not parlayed with the White Sox money line. At least Tim Anderson and Luis Robert to record a hit. 
parlayed together is minus 105. I think that's that's amazing value. Both those guys could easily just put the ball in play once. That's all you need, and that's all I'm going with for the White Sox game. I would say the White Sox have a 50% chance of playing. It's pouring already. I don't think it's going to happen. It's like it's pouring already. <laughs> there's something going on out there. Yeah. Okay. You bet. Mother Nature this, is angry right now. There's like 45% win, win gusts mm-hmm. expected on the lakefront tonight. Like the White Sox play right there. Like, yeah, I'll be stunned. The only problem is they only go to Seattle now the rest of the season. So it's either try to get the game in tonight or play a doubleheader tomorrow or have the White Sox be the home team in Seattle later in the season or have Seattle come all the way to freaking Illinois from Seattle on a one-off for, you know, a one game that they hate doing that in the MLB. Are, they hate doing that. Yeah. Are doubleheaders still seven innings? No. No, but the runner on second's still there. For this year only. Yeah. Yeah, for regular for every game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, if, like, if they were to play a doubleheader, it would be two nine-inning games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, good. Um. In one of those games, you can you can take it a a parlay with Robert over one or over 0.5 hits and Tim. So Tim and Robert both have a hit. I love that. You parlay. think they beat Robbie Ray? I I think I like the Mariners. I'm skeptical. I, I do. I like the Mariners. Twat. What? You probably liked them yesterday too, you twat. Yeah, but listen, now yeah. you're getting plus yeah. with Robbie Ray and Dallas yeah, Keuchel's I, been in. Dallas Keuchel like, has been eh. I just feel like the White Sox bats didn't even really, you know, get a full on. Uh, I'm not full. scared. I'm not scared of elite pitchers. I think the White Sox can beat anybody. That's what I'm saying. Except Robbie Ray. I, for some reason, he matches up well against the White Sox. With the Jays last year, he pitched against them twice. In the first game, he gave up a leadoff double to Tim and then a second double to Robert the next at bat. So the White Sox took a one nothing lead. And then the freaking Jays ended up winning the game like five to one. And the Robert or Ray didn't give up. Like for some reason, Ray Ray has nice numbers against the White Sox lineup for some reason. Like I'm not scared of Garrett Cole. I'm not scared of Bieber. The White Sox have proven they can beat all these guys. But for some reason, Robbie Ray has the number. I'm nervous. Go prove me wrong, White Sox. Prove me wrong tonight or tomorrow. No. Frank, how does that work if I put that I'm over? I'm get on the field. If the White Sox played the Mets in the World Series, you know, my arm – it hurts. Just kidding. Okay. I love Degrom. He's probably the best pitcher ever. If I put that bet in uh, for them to each have a hit, which I just did, and that game, let's say the game starts, but then it gets rained out, like what happens? I have What's no idea. Bet? I have no idea. Like, is it going to carry over to tomorrow's I game know, if they make it up? I know if you put it in and it's they don't play for some reason, I think it's voided. Like, well, yeah. But let's say when they play – Okay, let's I say think, they play. I think that what happens is that it would be voided. It, it wouldn't carry over, I don't think. Because it's a player prop? Because it, here, here's how, like, if you put it in, if you did, like, money line for the White Sox, and it gets postponed, it's vo- voided. You don't have to wait till they make it up. What if they so, played five innings, five and a half innings? Well, if it goes, if they call it, there's difference. So if... Suspender well, first of all, you need to play. It. You need to play a certain amount of innings for it to be an official game. That's five and a half, right? You yeah. need to play five and a half innings for it to become official. So if six, they, if, five full or six full innings if the home team is losing. Right. So whatever it is, but so if the game becomes official, I think you're boned. 
So yeah, so I could get fucked here. I, I put the bet in. I need each of them to have a hit. I could get fucked I here. If, I have if the no White idea. Sox are winning four to nothing and they just played six innings and Tim Anderson doesn't have a hit, starts downpouring and they call the game official. Game's over. It's I, not I gonna... think you're screwed. I don't know. Yeah. I, only... yeah. I, I don't I know a for bet. sure answer. I would not bet anything that has to do with the White Sox game tonight. I literally am looking out the window right now and I see a silver lined cloud. That just Joe, I could be wrong. Well, I did. Um, and now here's another thing. What if <laughs> what if they each get a hit in the first inning? Like, oh, then you're Tim, good. Tim gets it. But what if Tim gets a single and Luis Robert gets a base hit? And then in the third inning, it starts downpouring and they call the game to be postponed. Will I get paid? I think so. Because sometimes I want it depends if they suspend it or kill it. They've killed yeah, it in but- the past. Remember JD Martinez had the home run that didn't count? And then if they kill it, the game just gets restarted? I think so. Oh, I'd be livid. I don't know how the rules exactly work. I don't. It's something you don't see very often. So, Well, it's going to happen tonight because Jay's got a bet on it. Yeah. Not I don't fun know, to be honest with you. I think if they got a hit, you'd be good. Because I've seen it like where overs are paid out when it hits the over. Even if the I don't think it pays right over. away for hits. I don't you know. Wait, wait till the game is over, I think. Then you might be yeah. bone, Jay. All right. That makes sense. Well, they're not playing tonight. I'll be stunned if they play. Um, speaking of baseball, tomorrow, Crosstown Crosstalk, 2 p.m., everybody's favorite baseball show. We're going to have White Sox Dave. I know he was supposed to be the guest next week, but we're pre-recording an interview with him in about an hour, two hours, and I'm very much looking forward to it. You can make sure you follow everyone on Twitter, you know, so you're up to date on the latest shows on the Barroom Network. South Burb Hitman is really heating up now. We had some great guests so far. Um, Cuba dugout is our most recent episode talked about all the great Cuban players in the White Sox organization and even touched on a couple prospects across baseball in general coming from the Cuban community so it, it's a very good listen we had Alyssa Bergamini two weeks ago make sure you check it all out um, science fiction's going tonight where they're going to be going over the new Sonic movie um, I know they had a huge guest on Dan and Aldo bear their souls last night Jim McMahon 85 Bears quarterback you know, Mr. McMahon himself was a guest on the show, talked about the 85 Bears, you know, all that sort of stuff. And Dan and Aldo did a great job with it. I'm very happy for the Barroom Network that they were ha- able to have like such a big guest like that. I know the NFL draft is just about two weeks away. So we're going to be seeing all that sort of stuff start to come up. You look at your mock drafts, do your research using the Barroom Network. And, you know, I'll make a little self-shameless plug. I'm going to be having my draft content from TheWindyCity.com revolving around the Chicago Bears coming up with this NFL draft soon. So make sure you check it all out. It's great stuff. Guys, do you have anything left you want to say before we head on out of here? Yeah, I had a I had a question for you, Vin. Yes, sir. Did you ever watch the first two episodes of Moon Knight like you said you would before this week's show? Yeah, yeah no I shot did. he did. No shot. You didn't, did you? No, he didn't. He I didn't. did. He made I a watched statement both. to the fans. The fans I... were listening. It's recorded. Watching uh Watching episode three tonight. Looking forward to it. Me too. I cannot wait. Do I triple down for next week's show? It's a bad look if you triple down and don't do it though. No, yeah, terrible look. I would just like no. not say anything. At I would all. just, I would just accept the feedback, guys. Yeah. Fucked up. I didn't watch it. Who knows when I'm gonna watch it? Because I still need to finish Hawkeye. <laughs> I only, oh I'm, almost done. I, I'm almost, uh, I'm almost done with hawkeye i'm not worried about hawkeye i'm actually more concerned with finishing the bad batch i loved the bad batch um omega was one of my favorite characters uh the the guys uh what are their names 
really quick, Joe, before before got, Bad Batch. Um, you got Echo. Echo. Um, you got. I forget something. Hunt, shot. I know Hunter. Uh, Hunter's the Hunter's the main guy. He's like yeah. the, the leader. Yeah. The Bad uh, Batch is awesome. I can't wait to finish that. I, you know, sometimes just life gets in the way, but I will catch up on all my shows. There's zero. I've I've done this before in the past where I got really behind on a couple of them, and then just one day. All it takes is one day, one day to just decide. One rainy day where the White Sox get canceled. <laughs> it's true. One rainy day where the White Sox get canceled, I, where I have Bears uh, draft analysis. That's uh, the thing. The, the, the swept by the Bucks. The work never um, ends. Just no. getting into the NBA playoffs, baseball season. So it's the like either find ends. the time or make a schedule. But what have we pointed out in the recent past? When you like what you do, you ain't working. So, but I will. I will eventually. I have, um, I I'm excited to watch Moon Knight. Listen, guys, I know how fucking awesome it is. I'm not a goofy goober. Like I love Marvel. I love Marvel so much. Year that for... time next year, my entire arm is going to be a Marvel themed tattoo sleeve. Like that's how much I love Marvel. I just I've been tweaking. He's not going to have Moon Knight on that arm, probably. <laughs> no, I'm probably not. No, whether I watch it and love it, I probably won't. I, mean, I, uh, be the I only have three episodes left of Clone Wars, too. Very the good. I got to get on Frankie's level and just do nothing except watch shows. I, I mean, you know, I got, I'm got. i going to the game tomorrow. I might be going to two games tomorrow now. You know, like, who knows what happens? So, you know, we'll see what we decide with that, but I'm 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 content. You know, we'll get Moon Knight caught up. You know I will. Uh, I saw. Okay, so I will say this: there's one thing that caught my attention today that probably will light a fire under my butt a little bit. I saw a poster of Wanda Maximoff. There's a new poster that came out of Wanda Maximoff today from Doctor Strange: Multiverse yeah. of Madness. Uh, I don't know. You know, Elizabeth Olsen with her little red shit. That, that's, that's gotten me a little excited. So I it's think literally in up, like. A month that movie comes out. I know it's not a really long movie either. You guys hear how long it is? How long is it going to be? It's a little over two. It's not even Good. reaching the two and a you half. Know that's a that's long a... Ass movie for most people. And here no, we that's, are. That, like, that's a movie. That's that's finally we got a movie. I can a get a soda or something. Not to worry about them. And I go oh, beat my brains yeah. out. Oh no, Joey's getting popcorn and candy. Yeah, the past like, couple movies I've seen in the theaters. Past couple movies have been like three hours. I'm like, I can't get a soda, dude. I still to this day in my life, not to get too like detailed on, you know, personal stuff, but I have never had to go to the bathroom. Number one in my life, worse in my entire life. I still have yet to feel that sensation than when we watched Avengers Endgame. Yeah. For me, it was one of those Star Wars that like I was just sitting through and those aren't even as long. But for some reason, I, I there was one time at the theater I had to pee so bad and I did not want to get up and miss anything. Yeah. I remember it hurt to walk to the bathroom after Endgame. It was yeah. that bad. So That's why yeah. I don't get sodas at, at the, the theater anymore. It's tough. I still do because I think AMC specifically, for those who live in the Chicagoland area, I don't know if AMC expands throughout the I think it is. Yeah. Um, AMC has a top 10 fountain Coca-Cola. It's like in the McDonald's Sonic stratosphere. Absolutely. So... Shout out AMC. Hope to see you soon, Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness. Um, I thank everybody for joining in on the show, chiming in in the chat. Joe, Frank, you guys, it's been an outstanding um, show today. We're just over two hours. I think it's a nice little show. 
Um, like I said, tomorrow, White Sox Dave. Yeah, exactly. It's probably right. You can watch Multiverse of Madness um, in about the same time you watch this episode. So make sure you check out all of the other great shows on the Barroom Network. Checking out Frankie and I's work on the fan-sided networks, talking about all things Chicago sports, New Jersey Devils, and the video game scene. Um, any complaints about this show or the Barroom Network in general can be directed to at Joey Parisi on Twitter and his uh, inbox. Make sure you you don't have to be nice. Nobody's telling you to be nice to him. And make sure you follow at Joey Parisi on Twitter. Make sure you follow at the King Bean on Twitter. And of course, I'm at Vinny Parisi on Twitter. As always, thank you for listening. What's up, man? How you? Ben. Oh, you know, cuz. Keeping it straight. Uh, what's up, man? <laughs> you hear something to say? when you come in at all.